All right. Welcome back to another episode of It's All Bad. I'm Russian Danny, and we got Keith. Mike is not with us this evening. I mean, he's here in spirit. We love him. He's not too far away, you know. He's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, and we, our guest tonight is Eddie, who is, man, what a nice dude. Like, what a nice, great dude. Wow. And we had, we relate, I related to him a bunch because he worked, I mean, no, my animation career was nowhere as cool as his was, you know, but he's done some really cool stuff animation wise and then dabbled, I guess, a bit into, in the techno warehouse rave scene, which I also did myself, which somehow inevitably seems to always lead into the lifestyle i think it's like and he really kind of like reminded me of this where there was like a period where they started cutting ecstasy with meth and right when they started cutting the ecstasy with the meth then it what like the only thing next is you're like oh well, if i just want to like keep you know and then like once the meth did once the ecstasy didn't have the meth in it then you just want the meth and so then you become a tweaker you know so we related on that and I mean, fuck, he had some, like, I'm listening to, to this episode and I'm like, holy shit, like, where is this going to go, you know? And we wrapped it all back together with our first ayahuasca story and, like, broke down ayahuasca so cool. And, it, like, just what a nice dude and so cool to have him on and to hear about his, like, really fucking trippy experience with ayahuasca. So I'm not going to bore you anymore with my ramblings. Let's get into it. Thanks for listening, guys. But yeah. I think I, I usually do a good job. I usually do. <laughs> Did you draw those on the wall? Yeah, yeah. I just my, my office kind of kind of like That's a crazy. Make sure. You you work mainly. You do animation. Well. Um, yeah, I, I can I can talk about that. Uh, I, I'll be... Oh no, no. I mean, before we get into that, because I oh, worked okay. in animation for five years. I worked at Klasky Chupo and Six Point Harness, and I worked oh. at a bunch of studios. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know Frank? Uh, Frank? Mar uh, Frank Marino? No. no okay. He, no, he, he came. He, I think he came in later, but but he's one of those uh, directors on uh, Klasky Chupo, and uh, yeah. but he he was my director on uh, Transformers and uh, at um, Hasbro. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I know quite a few people. I, I can't remember who was on. I mean, Classy Chupa is long gone, right? It's long gone, gone yeah. yeah. What about you ever work with Eric Bowser? <laughs> yeah. no, I don't know. I, I'm old school. So so some of these new names, I just don't yeah. know. Because he's, I, a dude, he's a dude who was a designer, but then he and then he's all, he always did voiceovers. He's from Canada and he came out here and then he like blew up doing voiceovers, you know, and he's done like oh. all of his like childhood idol fucking, you know, like, like he's, he's fucking awesome, you know? Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. 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 I, I, I met, I ran into quite a few, um, like when I was a Warner brothers, I ran into uh, Mark Hamill quite a few times. Wow. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no, I, I've seen him a couple of times. Yeah. I never said, I, you know, I never got to shake his hand because Bruce Tim is always there blocking everybody, but he's the creator of Batman. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a lot of e a lot of ego trip in animation business. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah, very much so. Wow. So so you were just in Classy Chupo, or where else you worked at? I worked at Classy Chupo, then I worked at Six Point Harness, and then oh, I went. I, I worked there too. Yeah, you yeah. did? No way. Well, I, I actually I'm talking about another botched job. <laughs> but, no, well, do, do you know? Do you know now? Vanessa, what's it? What's the name? About, about, the, the Latina, uh, she's one of the producers. 
she was my producer on Scooby Doo. Uh, but not Valerie. Um, she has like curly hair. Yeah, she, she, she's uh, nice. Been, woman. I mean, it's been a long time, you know. Yeah, and she, I was, like, but I worked with. There. Uh, yeah, I'm sure was. Uh, uh, was Saw and uh, fuck, what's the other dude's name? There's a dude, Saw and Angelo. Were they there? Uh, Angelo, I talked to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angelo's Make- great. And then and Brendan, you know, he's like one of the, you know, he's the man. You know, like he built that thing up from the from the ground up. Like, and I was there yeah. pretty early on. You know? Yeah, but they're yeah, cool. yeah. I, I I I'm I'm not afraid to admit it. Sometimes I do. I do fuck up from jobs, and I think that one, that, that, one, that one was actually, it was like a weird, like an environmental, um, uh, one of those uh, public service announcements by some oh, yeah. kind of a, some huge, like, Democratic don- donor. Like, wow. they, they threw in the money to, to produce it, but, but it, would, it got too epic for me. I don't know why. Something yeah. happened. But, yeah, well, but that, it's a nice place, though. I, I, I enjoy the office there, you know, the... Like, yeah, I worked before they even had. I left there before they got the. Um, before they had the. I don't even know. Now they're over in like Echo Park area, you know. And yeah, then yeah. Before that, they were on Gower. They were at that old like horse carriage museum. And before that, they were on. Uh, were Amatron? You know, Amatron, like the audio place. It's right by behind the right behind the Palladium. That's where their office used to be. Oh, okay. I, I didn't so, know any so history before there, that. I was still there. Yeah, long time. I mean, it's probably been like 10 years since I've worked there. Well, what were you doing? What was your job? So you I started artist? off at Klasky Chuba. I started doing tech support. My, so my stepdad oh. was like a creative director on uh, Ariel Monsters, and he worked on As Told by Ginger. So he, you know, he was like, mm-hmm. he, you know, he, they, they found him and they brought him out from like Russia. They flew him out here, and that's how he moved to the States was uh was to like do that and then uh and i started doing tech support and then i was like i'm bored with this and then they were like hey uh they were like hey do you want to scan storyboards you know and i was like well that sounds boring (laughs) but it's like boring than than computers you know so it scans storyboards and then uh line those were the days man when it's on paper (laughs) oh yeah 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 it was on this paper and i would line it up and then put it into premiere to line to do the animatics and then ship that off and then I was like, well, I'm bored with this. And they were like, oh, well, you want to do like prop design. So I worked my way up to like, I think I did prop design. That, that was the last thing I did in animation, mm. you know, wow. which was fun. Like, I was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, it's and a- then I started getting a little too loaded. Oh, oh. oh yeah, because I was, <laughs> I was, I was going. You know, okay, then I, I guess I can tell my story on how I, how I, uh, Fucked it all up. <laughs> I, I'm trying not Give me to one sec. I'm gonna grab my. Uh, I'm gonna grab an ashtray. One sec. <laughs> my door is kind of thin, and my my kid's doing his homework right now. So <laughs> how old's your kid? Uh, yeah, he's he just made it to uh, middle school. Is is he starting out at middle school? The older oh, kid. Okay. He's he's ele- uh he's gonna be. I don't know. He's eleven right now, and then the little one. He's uh he's seven. He's a second. Oh, cool. Right now. Two boys. What, what part of town do you live in? Oh, I'm in, I'm in Burbank. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah yeah so it's uh it's, well i moved to bergman because i was in animation i wanted to be close to the studios you know that was the only reason yeah. you do animation and draw storyboards oh yeah yeah i, I can just start over the story um wh- what happened was that i was in animation i went to an animation school i went to a cal arts you know cal oh arts. yeah yeah i was studying character animation there and um so uh, yeah, I was I entered CalArts in '92. Uh, that was the golden age of 2D animation, when everybody yeah. trying to get into the business. And uh, I think Lion King was coming out at the time. Um, 
And so, yeah, I, I was I was studying animation. I, I learned how to flip paper. You know, <laughs> this is before the 3D and everything. So just a lot of drawing on paper, flipping, flipping every day. I even got really? a paper cut my eyeball one time. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I was I was super nearsighted. I had like really thick glasses, so when I animate, I have to take off my glasses. So I start flipping the paper, you know, the one, two, three, like that. And then I was, I was just really trying drawing. And one one time, it just I was too close to the paper and just went sliced into my eye oh, white area. And oh. I was I was winching for like <laughs> I was blinking for like a, like two days straight. <laughs> Dude, that's awful. Yeah, <laughs> luckily I didn't cut my vision, you know. Mm-hmm. But you've been drawing storyboards for commercial directors now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can I can uh, start with uh, before I get into the, <laughs> the how I screw my life up talk. Um, yeah, so I, I just I just explain my career path. <laughs> yeah, so so I was just telling um, I'm just telling Keith that I I went to Cal Arts. You know, I study animation there. Um, I got my BFA there. I went there for four years like a sucker. <laughs> so all those, all these people who are like directors and producers at Pixar and all that, they never finished their school. So I did the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I left with a lot of student loans to pay out. Uh, so, so that's how I got started. I, I, I was um, about to get into feature animation. Um, I was interviewed by Brad Bird. Uh, you know, wow. Brad Bird, the director of uh, Incredibles. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, he, I was because I, I made a student film. They picked out about 10, 12 people just to have an interview with because Brad Bird was working with uh, Turner Feature Animation at the time. You know, mm-hmm. um, Ted Turner, when he has to have his company. And then uh, so that that was when I was graduating. I was really hoping to get on that, you know, because he was making this. I guess I can talk about it. It's not a secret anymore. He he had this baby. It's called Reagan. It's a Reagan mm-hmm. project. Everybody in business have heard about it, but it's yeah. he never sold it to anybody. He it's like he's just clenching onto it. It's like his baby. It's like his treasure. Uh, Disney, nobody ever. He never sold it, the script to anybody. So I saw those color boards. It's amazing looking thing. Uh, this guy Tony Facelli. He's he was, he was his right hand man. He was the visual um, development guy. Beautiful paintings, the color boards, and the presentation board, concept boards. And I saw it in the office when they were interviewing me. So I was graduating, and when I was graduating, I wa- that wasn't my first try and get into animation. My first job was at Hanna-Barbera. This was before Hanna-Barbera went under. Uh, I was on Johnny Quest. That was uh, my, my third year. Oh, rad. My, my third year in college. Whoever's behind you, hello. <laughs> that's, that's Uncle Vic. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got excited because he saw Keith. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, so... So what happens is that my career has always been, I keep missing the train. Everywhere I go, something shuts the door. What happened was that I was really hoping Brad Bird would hire me. Um, so when I was graduating, um, that's when Ted Turner decided to sell his company to Warner Brothers. So, Ted, so Turner Feature Animation went under just when I was graduating. So, oh, man. and I was, I was like, I was going to work on Reagan and that thing just like all the phone lines got, were cut off. So I was just making phone calls. Nobody's picking on a phone call. I call Hannah Barbera. That one's gone too because, wow. because Turner bought Hannah Barbera and then Warner Brothers bought Hannah Barbera and Turner all together. So, you know, they just, they, they just keep absorbing everything. So when I got out, when I graduated, um, I realized, oh my God, 
you know, I don't, I every all my burgers are you know, disappeared. So, so, um, uh, so when I graduated, I just uh, went to where for um, a Squaresoft, they make the Final Fantasy games, and um, it's a Japanese company, the video game company. So, that was my, I was hoping I can get back on track with Brad Bird, but then, um, so I didn't sign a contract with those guys, and they made those guys that, um, <laughs> They moved to Honolulu to make Final Fantasy the movie, which was a, a big bomb. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that film. Yeah. No, I remember the ads though. Yeah, yeah, they spent like two hundred million dollars on it. Now, those Japanese guys had a lot of money back then. Uh, SquareSoft was a big company. They opened in Marina del Rey. So, so I, I just, I, it just very disenchanting. Everything. I couldn't go to Honolulu because I didn't sign the contract because I was waiting for Brad Bird to give me the phone call. And that didn't go through. So I, when everybody was going to Han, uh, Honolulu, I worked on a game called Parasite Eve. That was a project I worked on. Uh, it's a pretty gruesome game. <laughs> but then when they went to Honolulu, and I said, hey, what about me? And everybody's like getting free cars, free up. They, they, they got free apartments. They're basically shipping everybody over there. Wow. All, wow. All the, all the animators, from my boss, they were all from Digital Domain. You know those studios, Digital Domain? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That was a that was a day when Venice Beach had all those studios, and so those, all those guys went to SquareSoft, and everybody got shipped to Honolulu, living in paradise. And I got blocked because they said you didn't sign the contract. You said no to us. And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wait, why did why did they go to Honolulu? They, they went to Honolulu to make the film, to make the Final oh, Fantasy the movie, to shoot the yeah. live action stuff. I see. Well. It's, it's all it's all CG. The entire thing is CG. I don't know if they actually shot the live action footage. I forgot the, how they did it exactly, but it was a very expensive film. It, it almost cost as much as Titanic. And actually, funny thing, those guys worked on Titanic uh, at uh, Digital Domain. So it's the same guys, you know, Steve Gray and uh, Darnell Williams. These guys, uh, they were like the the king of CG back then. You know, they were getting pay like president's salary <laughs> oh wow yeah <laughs> yeah so so my, my career just been like back and forth so so there's a lot of disenchantment in my career and uh, i ended up when i when i lost that opportunity to go to honolulu i had to start scramming start looking for the next step and uh, i applied to sony animation and sony was just putting out uh, men in black at the time the movie it, okay. it hadn't come out yet but you know sony they've always been doing that they've been planning everything ahead like if they're gonna put out a movie they're gonna have an animated series to back it up you know sinking basically so that the, when the movie becomes a hit people watch the tv animated t- uh, series so i worked on the men in black uh tv series um uh, after i took a test so but Sony was, that was 1998. I graduated in 96. And uh, it was just uh, a stark contrast. It was just brutal. It's abuse. I mean, if you look at uh, storyboards for TV animation, like half-hour shows, you know, they have three acts, right? Beginning, middle, and end for each act for each uh, storyboard artist. So usually each act, like Disney, they're very generous. They have six weeks for the artist to do um, rough and clean and then sony they started to i don't know what the hell they did they bribed the union basically our the animated the animation guild is corrupt as hell i i say right now <laughs> if somebody's listening to this show they're just like don't hire this guy <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's one of the least powerful unions in in the uh, you know that and um 
it, it just they have six thousand people. They got so they're making so much money from our dues. <laughs> they don't bother to to stop like outsourcing outsourcing of our jobs and and just they basically Sony was abusing the labor so bad they keep cutting from when I when I got hired it was five weeks to do the storyboards. Disney was six, and they start trimming it, trimming, trimming. By the time uh, I worked on Men in Black season two, I love the show. I mean, the first episode, the first season was my crowning achievement. I really love the show. I mean, it was very good design. It's designed by Prado, this comic book artist from Spain. Really good uh, character designs, and I don't know if you've seen the animated series. It was very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. You know, of course, the, the film was a hit. So. And the, the second season, that's when I started getting really jaded. I'm like, I don't want TV animation. I want to be a feature in animation. I lost that chance. I couldn't get anybody to hire me to feature. You know, that, that's the thing. You step out of CalArts, you're on your own, basically. You know, good luck you know, having any classmates to, to heal you, give you a helping hand. And, uh, and I, I was considered one of the better artists. I'm on Men in Black, I was one of the... the they always throw the the action sequence to me because I really know how to handle action. But at that time, I started to get really, you know, I, I just couldn't stand the grueling schedule. Um, imagine you have to do three weeks. At the very end, it became three weeks. That's like basically half the time that Disney allows. So I was going crazy. And at the time, I was already like, they started drinking, starting to go out. And party and you work hard play hard right mm-hmm. <clears throat> so um, see I, I was supposed to write down the notes of on my chronological order <laughs> oh it's all good don't worry about that you know yeah just go off the top you, off yeah the yeah yeah so so yeah i'm trying to think um where i should start uh, i think i'm drinking vitamin b12 to stay awake i'm glad <laughs> yeah. you said something we thought it was urine yeah, I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to beat the deadline. I can't even make it to the bathroom. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. Yeah. So, so let's let just, uh, where I left off, right? At Sony. So, so that, that was when I was, uh, that was 98, right? So that was when I was 25. I was born in 73. I'm an old man. Um, so uh, at 25, I, my my story is my crash and burn story is is not going to be a long period, but you guys you guys had a a, a huge resume. <laughs> Mine is like, <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, but I, I'm not. I, I've been I've been from I'm from a very strict family. Let, let's just say that you know, I, my yeah, dad was yeah. a military, and so there's a lot of I I couldn't even go to art school. My my dad was a he's a um, doctor who worked at a Presidio before he yeah. that that military base got shut down in San Francisco. I went to high school in San Francisco. So, so I, I, I was from a normal family, basically. And my mom is a soprano. She's a music, uh, you know, career. And, um, so, so when I came down to, um, Los Angeles to animation, to study animation, um, I, that's what I really wanted. I want to do manga. I want to do anime at the time. I was more of a Japanese fan, Japanese animation fan. And, uh, but Disney was doing really well at that time. So, so I'm just trying to start from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so basically, that's what drew you know, got me into it. You know, I said, like, "No, this." I said, "Wow!" I, I didn't. It wasn't very really reputable art school at first, and then I realized, "Oh, well, Disney founded the schools." So I'm like, "Oh, then I gotta go here." Is that so, right? 
he founded the school. He um, uh, Disney is is on the board of trustee. Um, they, it's basically Disney's pet school for the longest time. Oh, okay. um, before that happened, it was called Trenard, Trenard uh, or Amazon. Uh, I think it was Trenard Art Institute, and then Dis- I think Disney bought it, bought the property, expanded it, and they started. Uh, well, Disney wanted to expand it in nineteen ninety six. I mean, no, sorry, sixty nine. But Walt Disney, I think he died in 69, right? I think he died in, 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 in the end of Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So he died before the school was completed. But um, but his nephew, uh, Royal Disney uh, Jr., whatever his name is, <laughs> he he continued and, and, and um, you know, supervised the, the construction. So so it became a Disney pet school. Um, all the major animators I can think of all came from CalArts. You know, Glenn King and um, I think he's from CalArts. <laughs> uh, you know, John... <clears throat> no, no, did I, I? I can name drop, but so so. Let's just go. Okay, let's just fast forward. So if I spent four years and I I I lost all my all my opportunities and uh, I, I I crawled into TV animation business and Sony was just a switch shop. So I I was just losing my mind. I thought, okay, well at least I have a job, but my weekend is my weekend. So, <laughs> so that was a time I, I, I'm, I'm always a fan of electronic music. You know, I've been listening to Kraftwerk and all that since high school. Oh yeah. And yeah, you know, there's so old school electronica and, uh, and then all of a sudden trance came out, you know, back in the mid nineties. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, I love like bands like Orbital or <laughs> all these bands yeah. that came out. So I started to go to clubs, you know, and um, I was, I was really sheltered. I mean, not sheltered, but, you know, I couldn't do anything when my parents were around. In San Francisco, I sneaked out a few times. I went to some uh, um, 16-year-old friendly clubs or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, there is one called Palladium, actually. That, that, that's the club I went to in San Francisco when I was 16 years old. Really? And you have to wear a wristband, so they can't serve you anything. You know, <laughs> you just yeah. go there and dance. <laughs> break, break my curfew, sneak out the door and dance. And, and that, that was when... <laughs> That was when San Francisco had a radio. It's called a uh, Live One Hundred Five. Have you heard of that? And they have mm-hmm. a DJ called Steve Masters. So, so he's always spinning like excellent, you know, you know, whatever house electronic mix, electro. So I, I was just immersed in, um, in electronic music. So mm-hmm. when I was uh, at Sony, I just I got an escape. So I started going to clubs. I, I was going to clubs when I was going to. Um, when I was working at uh, Squaresoft, I, I would go to like classy clubs and bars mm-hmm. in Venice Beach. And there, there's one called Pink. Do you remember Pink? Uh, mm-hmm. With um, yeah, yeah, you know me on Main Street, right? <clears throat> That's yeah. when like Jason, uh, Jason Bentley. You know Jason mm-hmm. Bentley. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So, so that was the that was the night Thursday night. You know, I would go there every Thursdays, and so so that was like the proper clubbing. You know, go drink your alcohol and whatnot, and then. At Sony, that's when I started discovered um, other ways to have fun. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, that's when I started to go to raves. Um, you know, I was kind of an old. You know, I was a little old for to, to be a raver. I mean, a lot of kids they go to raves since they were 15, 14 years old. But I, I yeah. went to. I started check out raves um, like, like the Dune or where, where, where Juju Beast. Um, you name it. The back then it was like all the way out in the in the empire, you know, the polo field. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where did you ever go to the Masterdome? Masterdome, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I went to the last rave there. 
I went to the very last rave they had. That was the first like big rave I went to. I think I was. I think I was there. I think that was a, yeah the closing night. I remember that. Yeah. But but something happened. I think somebody got so mad. yeah. So it ha- so we were in line. This is crazy, you know. So we were in line to get in, and we're like, all right, we're finally because we had been to like a bunch of desert raves and parties and shit, you know. But we were like, all right, this is it. We're going Master Dome, you know. <clears throat> and we fucking got there, and there was like a line around the like around the block, you know, people had come from all over. Cause this was like, Oh, you know, like maybe like the biggest rave venue for that era in, you know, like the lot, the greater Los Angeles area, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and we lined up and we were like, all right, we got to get, you know, like we got to get some pills and we got to get some, like, you know, we got to get <laughs> some tabs and I'll never forget, you know, cause it was a, it was my first time ever candy flipping. So we got, oh, no. <laughs> and that was like when the blue dolphins were like the, you know, like oh. they were the shit. And then, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and I then we got Smurfs. Yeah. And we took the Smurfs in line, you know, and that was acid. So we took like the, you know, I think we took like two tabs each and then we saved the blue dolphins. We're like, we'll do these once we get in. But before we were able to get in, the fire marshals came and they shut it down because it was like over capacity or people oh. were sneaking in or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. So now we're like tripping balls, you know, I don't know. I must've been like 15 or 16, you know, and we're like, what are we going to do? You know, and we jumped into the car and we're like, we got to drive back to LA as quickly as possible. So like we can go do something. And we went up to Runyon Canyon <laughs> and like jumped the fence and walked up Runyon Canyon and got up to like the little view spot. And I'll never forget. We're sitting there and we're like, do you feel it? And we're like, no, do you feel it? You know, we're like, but no, like that must've been some bunk fucking acid, you know? And, uh, and then we took the blue dolphins, right. And we were sitting <laughs> up there and, uh, and we look at each and then like, right as we take them, you know, I just remember like the fucking acid kicking in, you know, like immediately and being like, <laughs> Oh fuck, this is going to be crazy. You know? And we stayed there till like the sunrise. I don't even know what we did, you know, like smoke. We just hung out at fucking Runyon Canyon waiting for the sun to come up, you know? We thought we heard people in the bushes, you know, like there's people who live here. Just, you know. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I that's would, when it was I would, fun. I would do shrooms up there. I mean, that's beautiful yeah. setting. You know, I, I, I used to go yeah. to the Malibu, uh, not, not running canyon. That's a little far from me at the time, but I'd go up the hills of Malibu and, and you do shrooms up there. It's just incredible. I mean, the sunrise, we're watching yeah. the sun come up, the sunset. <laughs> but, did, did you ever have a bad trip on mushrooms? Oh me, yeah. Um, maybe I tell. I can jump around, you know. I, I jump around, but yeah, yeah. oh yeah. But you know, the things that of all the psychedelics, shroom is always the happy stuff. I never had any bad trip from shroom. Wow. For for yeah, for some reason, but That's but great. But, this, <laughs> but but here here comes a funny story. Uh, <clears throat> this is like after all my <laughs> my trouble area. This is when I was like recovered already. Um, so I had a I had a friend, this huge guy. I haven't talked to him in a while. He's a fun guy. His name is. Oh, I bet it. Oh, <laughs> maybe we should bleep it. <laughs> yeah, we can bleep that. Yeah, I think we'll bleep still, that. Yeah. I think he's still there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, but but we were we were just always having fun. He 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 used to take so much Xanax, and I actually talked him out of Xanax because he was losing. He's a very stressed guy. You know, he's he's always in, in a lot of stress. He was divorced at a time, and um, but we would party with his ex-wife too. <laughs> it was kind of funny. So, so he became my party buddy, and I, ju- I just jumped in this one instance. And we would do bar hopping and all that, and he'd be slam drunk. He's a huge guy, so it takes a lot for him to get, like, crazy. And um, But this time, um, there was this uh, – I forgot where exactly – it was on Sunset. I think Sunset and Wilcox. I forgot where exactly it, it took place. But I think the Cat and the Fiddle – it's just like a couple oh, yeah. of blocks uh-huh. – yeah, a couple of blocks down there. 
there was a yeah that was a cat and uh, fiddle yeah that's gone now. yeah yeah i know that was my favorite location i, I was uh-huh. living very close there and there was a there was a shroom rave it was all shrooms and my my buddy you know fernando he's like hey let's go do it and just me him i was like what about everybody else I, everybody's like everybody's flaking yeah He's a very high power guy. You know, a lot of people couldn't handle him. I'm like his buddy because I can. I'm easy going. I can handle his yeah. high energy. So, <clears throat> so I said, like, okay, let's do it. So we 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 walked walked to my house. I used to live on Leland, Leland and uh, Highland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like ghetto. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of weird, crazy <laughs> people at night. Yeah, crackers uh-huh. come out. But so I walked over there with him, and then uh, we got a buddy there who had a beetle, um, VW beetle, and it just uh, huge bags, huge bags of it. And I've never seen so many mushrooms. I'm like, that's a lot of psilocybin. <laughs> it's just like stacked. You know? <laughs> and like, how do you drive like that? <laughs> so, so, so we, we, you know, we chipped in and then our body hooked us up. And so we got, um, we started out with, uh, 16. I think we, mm-hmm. no, no, we started, no, no, we started with an, an eighth. Mm-hmm. So, so um, we took that, and it was. We, I took it out. And it was usually it's kind of nice and soft, and you know, got the nice gold threads and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And this one's like dried, like like toothpicks. <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> and the caps are like this small. You know? oh, so, yeah. so I'm like, all right, let's just do it. And when we walked in, it was still kind of empty at the time, but every room's got like lights everywhere. It's got all the Christmas lights. It's got 3D glasses everywhere. <laughs> Wow. And, and I'm like, there's so many 3D glasses. So we just start wearing them, just walk around like idiots. And then we're, we're waiting for people to come in. So then they said, okay, there's nobody. Let's just do it. Let's just, so it, we, we just opened the bag and just put the whole thing in our mouths. So we just started sitting in the lounge area, waiting for like half an hour, waiting for it to happen. And I deliberately, I didn't eat any dinner because I wanted to. You know, I didn't want anything to delay, so so I had an empty yeah. stomach at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I just sitting there. We're both wearing 3D glasses, and we're just like, "Hey, how are you feeling?" He's sitting across the lounge, and I was like, "He's like, I'm fine. How how the fuck are you?" I said, like, "I don't feel a fucking thing." He's like, Me neither. So we just yelling at each other. <laughs> so so he's like, and now and the music started to build up. You know, and they just start playing like gold trans stuff, and they're like. Dude, people are coming in, dude. It's not happening. So we got a little pissed. You know, it's an hour already. So what's up? So we went to the guy. I said, dude, it, oh, it's Keith. Okay, <laughs> you blinked out. So so we, we went, we confronted the guy. I said, dude, this is bunk, man. What's up? And he said, oh, don't worry about it. So he, he threw another eighth at us. So we both have one eighth. So basically, we, we took everything, and that was a quarter. So so we both had a quarter of it, and this time with a wow. bigger cap. So, and and we're just walking around. Like, dude, let's walk around, man. Don't sit, man. And so we started like dancing and walking around, and then the fire dancers show up. You know, the fire dancers like you know all these sexy girls yeah. are doing fire dancing. You know, <laughs> just fire everywhere. And we're like, dude, and I look at it, dude. Did you feel it? No, oh, fuck no. And I'm like. Oh, dude, you know, and we can't ask for another bag anymore. So basically, we just got pissed and like, screw this. All right, let's get. I mean, I could have stayed, but, you know, totally sober. Yeah. So, so I'm like, all right, fuck it. It was my, my, my buddy. He got, he got, he was enraged. So he's like, let's go back to your place. Fuck it. So I, we start walking towards the parking lot and there's a brick wall. 
and you know, make a left and you get out of the place. And before I was probably about 10 feet away from the wall and I was walking, I was like, boom. I was like, dude, oh, fuck. I just hit the wall. And my, my buddy just, he just kept walking. He didn't even stop. He's so mad. He just kept marching. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, I'm 10 feet away from the wall and I thought I hit the brick wall. I'm like, dude, did you? And then he just kept walking. He didn't mind me. So I'm like, dude, wait, wait, wait up. So we start walking and we walk towards the Sunset Boulevard. You know, this is like three or four in the morning already. You know, the, the party mm-hmm. was raging already. We, we, we were there for like two hours of nothing. And I said, dude, what's up? So I walked out. Just a minute, I walk into Sunset Boulevard. The entire Sunset Boulevard, there's no traffic. It was quiet at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. The entire street became like Persian carpet. Persian. <laughs> <laughs> like fractals like the entire street uh, as far as i can see turned into a freaking fractal design and all these it's like computer you know, like a screensaver the whole mm-hmm. cement like the screensaver and i just walking following fernando and i said fernando wait up wait up dude and i looked up and he he, he just kept walking he totally ignored me so i'm just and I, I know he's mad so i'm just like chasing him and I look up the trees on Sunset Boulevard. They're, they're like Nintendo. They're like Mario Brothers. You know, there's like fruits jumping up and down. <laughs> and and all, all the leaves are like pixelated. And everything's like bouncing around. And everything's so happy. All the trees are alive. And I'm like, dude, look at the trees. And, 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 I, and he just kept walking. I said, dude, dude, do you not realize what's going on? It kicked in. It kicked in. And he's just like, I know. Let's go back to your house now. And then, <laughs> basically, he has to go get his Xanax. <clears throat> ah. He was stressing the fuck out. Mm. He was the thing. The thing kicked in and it was raging, and he was losing control of himself. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's when I learned never to do it with him ever again. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to babysit, and that's why I why it ended up happening. I walked all the way back. And, and at the time, there was a Nick Tuck, you know, Nick Tuck, the TV show, the Fox, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Tuck, the, yeah. the plastic surgery yeah. show. There was a big billboard on Sunset Boulevard. And the two doctors, whatever their names are, they're inside a breast implant, right? <laughs> and the breast implant was rotating. And I'm like, dude, get inside. Look at it spinning, dude. And, and he's like, just get to your house. And he's just screaming at me. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just admiring everything. I just, everything mm-hmm. is like Las Vegas, you know, it's everything's going off. So I went back to my room and there, there's like, I got this dirty little apartment with like carpet and the carpet was dancing with me. It was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I just had to go down and talk to them. Like, dude, you guys are dancing, dude. And, <laughs> and my friend, Fernando, he just jumped on the couch. Like, dude, put something on TV, man. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. So I was like, I was like, dude, chill out. Have some fun, man. And then I turned on TV. I, I put on some movies and then, uh, I think it put on Kung Fu Soccer. What is it called? The Hong Kong film, Shaolin, Shaolin Soccer, something like that. And then Shaolin it was funny. Soccer, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, I thought we're gonna. I'm gonna put on some funny film. And then we, we I, I skipped around, and there was a scene where there's a breathing fire dragon. And when he kicked the ball, turned into a dragon. Fernando just freaked out. He's just like, ah. <laughs> and like, dude, dude. I took this. I took the DVD out. I like, I started scrambling. Like, how to calm this big giant guy? You know, he's gonna kill me. So I. <laughs> So I found a, this is Spinal Tab. <laughs> <laughs> we watched the entire thing and he just laughing. And, oh, no, actually, I skipped the part. I skipped this part before I put it in the movie. 
he wanted to go to sleep. When we first got in my place, he, he wanted to crash on my couch. They're like, go ahead and crash. Of course, when he turned off the light, it just rainbow. Just it's a free oh, yeah. rainbow. There's no sleeping, yeah. It's just like, oh and we were like we, and he just screamed and I had to get up. I went to the bathroom, I was reading a book and everything was falling off the book. <laughs> <laughs> and then Okay, this will lead to my, my next, my, I, I'm going to talk about ayahuasca later. But, oh, but, yeah. but, but then these three beings, I don't really see them very clearly, but they're like crystal. You can see the outline, right? It's just sparkle. And then my, the text was falling off my book, and they, I looked up. I think I was reading Maxim Magazine, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody's greeting with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was, was saying hello to me. So... And when I looked up, those three beings were standing in front of me when I was sitting in the toilet. And not very pronounced, but I can see a sparkle all around the, the contour. And they tried to grab my magazine. I just when I freaked out. I, got I ran out of the bathroom. I, I didn't even realize who they were until later. But so that's when I jump into the... the uh, remember, Fernando's still freaking out. That's when I started putting the movies. And then... Uh, this is this is Spinal Tap. End up calming him down. <laughs> he, he, he could finally go to sleep after the movie was over. So, so if you guys ever anything goes wrong, put in that movie. You'll be fine. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's a Shroom story. Um, but, but otherwise, yeah, it's always been beautiful. You know, I, 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 I usually enjoy the visuals. I, I never like done it that much ever again. You know, in the future, just like make a little tea and whatnot, you know, just in, I went to see, uh, I went to, I went to, um, um, uh, I went to El Capitan to see, uh, which Pixar film came out. I went with my film. Uh, I forgot. I went with another mutual friend. We went to see the movie and I, I just put, I just took one cap. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> El Capitan, they have the song and dance at the beginning. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, that, <laughs> so that, that worked out pretty well. Not, not too heavy. You know, you don't want to freak out in front of a bunch of children. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a premiere night. I forgot which Pixar film, but wow, uh, yeah. So, so that's that. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I can keep talking about. Um, yeah. how, how do you guys? Any directions, or I just keep going? No, you want to tell us about the ayahuasca? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I say that for last. How about that? Because okay, they, cool. they, they, they can't oh, yeah. resolve. Oh, how much time we got? I'm just because I'm. I'm sorry, I started late, so. No, no, oh. all good. Oh, we don't okay. have any limit. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> okay, I got great, about man. an hour before I got. I'm going to jump onto a meeting. But oh, yeah, okay. we're good. We're good on okay, time. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah I, I'm going to get to that because I, I felt that ayahuasca was um, was like the ultimate cure. <laughs> um, from and some people like to do it because they want to go crazy and, and and see the other world, but but it was it was like a medicine for me because I was having some demons mm. that I got to get rid of at the time. My favorite movie on mushrooms was Zoolander. No. <laughs> yeah, my that sister gave me the DVD and I had like a bunch of mushrooms, you know, and I was just, I got home one night. I think like, you know, I think like I had some girl that I was like going to hook up with and she was like, she, she wasn't having it, you know, and I was all mad. So I came home and I was like, I'm going to eat these mushrooms. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? I'm just sitting on my own, you know? And, uh, and like, and they started hitting me and I go, what? Oh, fuck you know and i had it it was like a zoolander dvd and i remember putting it in and like before like the intro was through i i couldn't see faces in it you know like their fucking faces are melting and they're and all like the different you know like all the costumes in it you know like they're all fucking wearing uh 
what's it will ferrell's like dressed all you know the whole thing is just like absurd you know but i remember watching it and being like this is the best fucking movie i've ever seen period the end there's nothing better like i think i've I, like i almost pissed my pants you know and then i watched it again, like you know i don't know months later and i'm like man that was so good and i'm not on mushrooms you know and i was like oh this is good like it's good you know but it wasn't what i remembered it like so like, <laughs> i think i watched it like three or four more times on mushrooms you know dude yeah. i am um, i never took mushrooms but i, I took a lot of acid mm. and I, I and it was always fun and i've been arrested twice on it but i um i remember i would get so mad this is like before like on demand this is like in the like early you know late 80s early 90s but you remember what was that um thing the south park guys made with the puppets remember america fuck yeah, oh, yeah, yeah no. team america something like that team, team america, america. <laughs> okay so team america is a knockoff of an old like 60s or 70s puppet show and, yeah yeah okay so back then like that it would just randomly be on in the middle of the night and i loved it you know what i mean i thought it was the coolest shit these puppets on a spaceship and shit and dude i was so resentful like every time I do acid, I was like, why the fuck can't that show come on? Right. And, um, <laughs> and I'm talking like a lot of times I was so mad and I was like, cause it seemed like, you know, whenever I didn't have any acid, that shit would be on, you know? Mm-hmm. So dude, it must've been like, God, it must've been 91 or 92. We took acid. We were at a Hampton Inn in West Covina and we're in this hotel room. And I remember like, I come walking out, dude, my friend and his girlfriend are sleeping in a sleeping bag in the hallway of the hotel, but I turn the corner of the hotel and I'm tripping and I turn the TV on and that's on. And I was like, it was like, <laughs> it was like winning the lottery. I was like, like everybody quiet. You know, like, <laughs> but, but it worked out. Okay. I mean, it, it worked it was, out great, yeah. but dude, it was years of pain trying to get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny thing is that I, I've done I've done tabs many times, but I never had any good experience with LSD. It, it's really? um, I, I mean, all all happens is things start melting and beautiful girls turn into wax, you know, <laughs> and just like nightmare vision. <laughs> <laughs> like this is not sexy at all. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's it just everybody's saying every, a lot of people have enlightening um experience, but never, never. I mean, it's only shrooms. Um and and also ayahuasca, but but um but yeah, I, I never I never got up to a good start with acid for some reason. I, I guess it's just my body chemistry. Um, did you burn any bridges like partying or like lose jobs? Or okay, anything? yeah. So so this is what I'm gonna get to. Um, so knowing that Keith is a uh, is a meth, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> so so I, I'm gonna go into that journey. Okay, so. <laughs> So, so this is why. So th- this is why I was why I was going to Sony because Sony was basically my my starting point where I say, "Fuck this business," and, and I, I tried everything I could. Um, I, I just a quick leeway. Um, <clears throat> I was trying to get into live action at the time. I worked on Stuart Little. I, I sneak oh. into I sneak into the uh, the the Sony uh, you know the Columbia. Yeah, I walked into the lot because I had the badge at the time. I could have lunch inside. Um, our our studio is outside. I forgot the name of the street. It's a separate building outside of the, the studio lot. But we could walk through the gate with our badge. So I sneaked in and I brought my portfolio. And I, I, I just happened to run into the art department to hire me. But nobody told me about the union, which is a nightmare to get into. I'm, 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 the, I'm a member of the, um, the art director's guild now. But it took me 20 years to get in. 
and I sure. still can't work on I still can't work on films. I'm still working on my hours to work on films. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty years later, still struggling. So 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 basically, I I say screw these guys in animation, screw Men in Black too. You know these guys are slave drivers. So I quit. I walked out. I said, oh, I got hired by Stuart Little. F you, fuck you. So I, I, and I worked on it for about two weeks, and then somebody called the feds. The FBI came and busted Sony, busted the the the, the Stuart Little production, which you might, you don't hear anybody talking about it. But they, the, the the agents came in with the guns drawn. No <laughs> I, way. I, I was not there. I would. I didn't see it. It was seven or eight o'clock in the morning. I got a call from the producer, which I won't say his name. You can. No, we'll figure out who the producer. He's a big name now. He he's producing a lot of shows, so I better be careful. <laughs> so basically, everybody was playing dumb at the time. So oh, really? You can't hire people who are not union. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there were like five six artists who were not union that got hired by Stuart Little, and I was one of them. So he told me not that not to go in. <clears throat> say we gotta wait till the dust settles. I'm, I said no, you, you didn't lose the job. We'll, we'll we'll try to figure this out. So I'm like. I just quit animation, man. I just told everybody, "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> I told these, I told these animation people, "Fuck you." I never come back here again. And all of a sudden, this happened. So I was just grabbing my hair, like, "Oh my god!" So he told me to stay at home when he's trying to figure out what happened. This ambulance. <laughs> so <clears throat> I waited at home every day, almost every day. That producer would call me and say, Eddie, hang on, hang on. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna get some voucher, I'm gonna vouch for you. So you know, Keith, you're union, so you probably know how it works. So basically they they try to say, Hey Eddie already got us feet in the door, let's try to get them in, but they have to go through ten union artists. If they cannot if, if those artists do not make it, that they, they keep firing. They fired about they hired a union guy, laid him off, six of them just trying to get to me. So it took two months of waiting, no money coming in. This guy just keep playing and say, "Hey, you know, just wait, just wait." And finally, he said, "Eddie, we're running out of budget. We gotta, we gotta really go full speed. And the whole thing is basically unionizing. Gotta go." So all of a sudden, I realized I'm out of a job. And uh, guess what? I crawled back to Sony TV. <laughs> Everybody that I know. That you even people who were cleaning up my drawing. I was the number one guy at the time. People would call in and contest that, <laughs> but I was one of the, <laughs> the, the the major guys. I swear to God. <clears throat> so all these guys all got promoted. They all became directors on the second season. So I walked in and heard all these guys like, "Hey Eddie, how's uh how's Stuart Little working out for you?" So. I got hired back, but of course, I the slave driving got even worse. You know, within <laughs> three weeks, so that's when I started partying. Like I told you guys, I started go every weekend, and I discovered this club of all the raves and all these places. I discovered a club called Insomnia. You know, oh, Insomnia? I know that one. Yeah, have you been there? No, I, but I, it was, I, this is in the early nineties, right? This was. Uh, it started out in ninety seven or ninety eight. Okay. Yeah. So it was a it was a the, the seediest, dirtiest little piece of shit bar in the middle of Crenshaw. It's on Crenshaw Boulevard. You know, you, you know that neighborhood, my God. Oh, yeah. You don't want to oh, walk yeah. around. There. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, the, the security has to watch your car. You, know, you you pay the security so he'll watch your car, otherwise it'll get broken broken into. <clears throat> so 
So I discovered that little joint. That became my church. I go there every. I go to church every Saturday. <laughs> it, it, it starts from. I, I go there from from ten o'clock, which is usually kind of quiet. So sometimes I go in at midnight. It go all the way till like it closed the door at six in the morning. How do I stay up till six in the morning? <laughs> so. Of course, now I, I was rolling my ass off all the time. You know, it was everything you can think of, everything, Mitsubishi's, you know, the Blue Dolphins, the, the a lot of pink stuff. <laughs> I forgot the names already. There's all these car brands you can imagine, all the Mercedes and the stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Maseratis. Yeah. yeah. All that. Maserati, the Ferraris. Uh-huh, and Ferraris. and that, was a, that was a time when they were pressing good pills. Yeah. You know, that, oh, was, yeah. that was before things got speedy. Mm-hmm. So... So, so this is what became the introduction is that uh, because back then they were having so many good pills, but some pe- people started complaining and say, hey, it's not speedy enough. It won't get me up and dancing. So, of course, they started lacing it with more and more other ingredients. So, so as it progressed, you know, I, <clears throat> I started making friends with, uh, with the owner of Insomnia. It was actually run by this guy who was ex-Marine. <laughs> he he used to launder his money in Panama when you know remember when we invaded Panama back yeah. in the nineties? Uh-huh. Oh, uh, uh maybe I wait for Keith. No, I'm here. Oh yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know it's getting dark. Uh, so yeah, so so it was run by two guys, Bill and um uh, and George. And uh Bill is an ex-Marine, this white guy, burly man, and he used to throw all the desert raves. Um any, any of Desiree that you can think of, he, he got his hands on. So so I was like partying with those guys and you know, getting cooked up and getting my pills from those guys. And and then um, I started to, you know, the pills started getting very strong. You know, they, they started to become very speedy. And uh, and, and, crin- and I'm always grinding. I'm a grinder. That's why my teeth is all messed up right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all, all of my teeth are all like fractured. <clears throat> so... At, at insomnia, that's when I started to pick up. Um, I, you know, there, there are a lot of sexy girls at the time. There are a lot of like, uh, you know, you know, raver girls back in the nineties yeah, that dressed oh, up yeah. like. You got to love that fashion back in the days. Oh, you know, they, all, they yeah. all like got the crack tops and everything with the bees. And everything. Yeah, I still <laughs> love it. You know? I still love yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. You know, it was, it was like Paul Van Dyke and, and, and all these people were. You know, mm-hmm. they, actually, that that little club had all the big name DJs. You know, they, they really? wanted to go there. Yeah, they, they they didn't want to go to big club because it's such a mess to deal with. You know, all the promoters mm-hmm. are assholes. So you go to this little club, and it's like they can party and. They could party. They could sit in the lounge area, which is the, the parking lot, and people just do all kinds of stuff over there in the back. You know, it's dark. There's no light, so everybody yeah. do whatever they want to do. So, so it was it was fun. And then, um, so this is what happened: was that's the place where I got introduced to uh, Crystal. Um, I, I forgot the exact. Well, you know, I was nice. I was doing lines at the time. That's when a lot of people, a lot of the little etards, you know, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the ravers, they all evolved to the next step, which they all became tweakers because yeah. that's the only oh, way yeah. to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So because the, the pills got so speedy, they, it's all of a sudden they didn't tune with it. They got tuned in. They're like, oh, this is great. Yeah. So, and, and he, he's, here's a funny story about introduced, having introduced to me. Back then, the first exposure I saw was an Israeli guy. He was actually an IDF. He was a, a militant. 
and and he married this uh this uh this white girl um, and and she's the one who gave me the bag and then when i started to ask from her that guy got mad he thought i was hitting on his wife he almost choked me to death. <laughs> he threw me against the wall in the insomnia. Just like, and this guy, this guy probably killed a few Palestinians. I don't know what the hell, you know, he threw me against the wall. Don't you fucking talk to her about it. And that's when I knew this girl was completely tweaked out. I don't know if he's, they were really marrying up, but she started to follow me around. And then that's why one thing led to another, started to meet the whole network. He started to figure out who's got what. And I started realizing it came from everywhere. It came from, well, that, that's the Israeli source. But then I figured out who the Chinese guys were that were supplying them also. That's another scary story. I got a lot of scary stories, which I'm going to get. Yeah. It, it gets really scary in a in short span of two years. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a highway to hell. And um, <laughs> so, so what happened was, um, but I'm, 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 my timeline is a little messed up, so I'm, I'm going to jump around. So, so I, I, I met this little cute little Romanian girl. She was flirting with me, but then I realized that she just, just back in the days, there were a lot of these girls who were junkies and they want to find a place to stay. Mm-hmm. And so, so that became a problem. Like, it was like they, they could have a normal family and normal career, but they ended up becoming like these little tweet boards. Nothing ever happened between me and her, but we became friends, but she started staying in my house and started introducing me to more people that I didn't want to, not supposed to meet. So we went back and forth like that, and I started saying, hey, oh, it's a, it, he, I, I met this guy. He had it, too. Oh, you I realized everybody knows each other. I thought, oh, <laughs> this is a network. <laughs> so so, so there's, there's the Chinese guys, which was the watchings, the, 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 the yeah. Chinese gang. They were I don't know about now. I think they disappeared. They, they probably disbanded. And somebody also, was telling me somebody was just telling me that they're like that they're kind of, that they're making a comeback. You know, <laughs> I don't know because China's yeah. got everything. China's got all the ephedra, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, uh, uh, let's jump to this. You know that photograph that I sent you guys? I don't know if Charlie sent it shorter to you. you yeah, I that? saw him. Uh-huh. It's that scan, right? I, I was <laughs> I was holding the newspaper. I went to Mexico in two thousand seven. I, I was doing soul search and I decided to get out of trouble. So, uh, so I, I went to Mexico to work for Senior Frogs, you know, the, uh, <laughs> the bar. <laughs> yeah, <more trouble. laughs> Everywhere I go, there's wow. more alcohol. So, you know, no, but, but when I got, first got hired, that's when 2007, they just arrested the Chinese guy in, Mexican, in Mexico City. You've probably seen the photograph. It's, it became famous on the internet. It's just a, a room full of stacked with hundred dollar bills, all the way like, like tall, you know, almost reached the roof. I mean, the ceiling. That guy, I forgot his name, Yao, something like that. I don't know his name. He was supplying the Mexican cartels with ephedrine, wow. press press ephedrine. Um, that you know what that what that's good for, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Keith knows. Oh. Anybody knows oh. that motherfucker does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that guy got arrested because the cartel told the police because the cartels were working with the police in Mexico <laughs> all the time. <laughs> he was naive enough to think stashing all the cash in his house is safe. So basically, they, they've confiscated all that money and then left that guy to. <laughs> he was escaping. He, he ran to. He got extradited, I, I, but he—he's he, not serving time. He's serving time in the U.S. I think, 
He would have died in Mexico prison. There's no way he would survive in Mexican prison. So, so, so that's why I got handed that newspaper because it was, says that guy, you know, he got arrested. You say, hey, it's too primo. It's your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's a little side story of that photo. I have no idea what they're talking about. That's when I read, oh my god, this guy just arrested. He looks kind of like me. He got the baby face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so. It's crazy. They're, they're, so you can imagine where the source came from. I mean, people say, oh, they grow the ephedra in Mexico. No. I mean, the, China is a place to grow it in a mass amount. So, so I, like you said, I, I wouldn't doubt that China is making a comeback, whatever they are. Mm-hmm. I tell you one story. There's another, because you know the backer games, you know, the Hells Angel, whatever, you know, you guys talked about on the show quite a few times. When I was throwing raves, I was promoting, right? And um, I ran into this, uh, this white girl. Uh, she was promoting, too. She was helping me promote my club, which I get into. <laughs> I, I end up throwing a rave. So, <clears throat> so she was helping me. But she later disclosed to me that her dad is one of the, the, the leaders in the Palm Springs, one of the chapters. And uh, some burly guy, I don't know, I never met him, <laughs> but it sounds scary. It sounds like this guy can do some damage. So I was like, oh, I'm, I'm here partying with his daughter. <laughs> but, but then one time she told me to give her a ride. She said, she said she's in trouble because what happened was that she was supposed to ship 3,000 pills, e-pills. She had a partner. Her partner betrayed her, took all the pills. Of course, they haven't. They're supposed to sell it, so that guy ran away with all the three thousand pills. Three thousand. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot of pills. Yeah. So, and those were supplied by the Chinese. So she told me, she's like, Eddie, I'm in trouble. I need you. I, I. She was hiding at my place. She was hiding at my place for about a good week or so. Oh, make sure my wife's. Listen. <laughs> so we, we were kind of having, we, we were kind of messing around, you know. But but it never got like serious, serious, you know. But but just kind of like, hey, you know, yeah, my place. Hey, well, give me something. <laughs> but, but nothing, nothing really happened. <laughs> you you want to hide? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so, but eventually she said, no, I gotta go. I gotta meet these guys. And and I said, what? Well, what what do you have to do? I mean, did you find the guy who took it? And no, no, I gotta talk to the Chinese guys. So I'm like, are you crazy? And then, because I, I you know, they, they were, they, were, they had a really bad reputation. You know, that was a, there was a war going on with the Korean gangs and the Vietnamese gangs, and uh, but it, the Watchings were very powerful at the time. So she said that they made a threat because they know that sh- it happened and they want their money back. So she, they told me, uh, she told me to. You got to get take me to the meeting in downtown. It's like the around the one ten and one hundred one. You know, the, you know the, the crazy <laughs> where all the tents are. You know, yeah. and and it was supposed to drive her there in, a, in this crazy little building that nobody even attends anymore. They have a meeting there. They say they, they want to see her to negotiate. So I was like, why do you want to do that? She said they threatened to kill my dad. They said they know where my dad lives in Palm Springs and they're gonna kill him. And I'm like. These watchings want to go ahead and kill one of the leaders of the Hell's Angels. <laughs> I'm like, you, this is crazy, right? So I, I, I didn't quite believe her at first, but I thought, okay, I'll give you a ride. Let's go. 
So I drove her to that crazy area. I was like, I was about to get mugged. You know, it's so shady over there. I parked, and then she's like, just wait here. I'm going to go in. So I saw the building with light on, so she walked in. It took long enough. I'm like, I don't want to sit in my car. You know, I'm going to get killed out here. So I got out. I saw walking into the building just very quietly. And then I walked up to the second floor. I saw that she's standing there in a round table with all these Chinese guys in suits. Oh. Basically, they want to deal with her. They said, she, she said, she, you know, she doesn't want her dad to get killed. It was, it was serious. serious. They, were, they were going to do it. They said, if you keep hiding, we're going we're gonna to get rid of your family. So I was like, whoa, this is bad. You know, I didn't want to show my face. I ran back to the car. But I just, I just cracked, I just cracked the door open. There was a, there was like this Latina maid and she's cleaning the hallway. She's just like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> just like peek in. I'm like, wow, <laughs> these guys, like, you know, like, like the typical Yazu, Yakuza, <laughs> whatever they look like. <laughs> so like, oh, no. so, so after that, she, she, she left. So, so that was, that was when I realized everybody, there's a, there's a, there's a gang war uh, with, uh, you know, this that's when meth was, was, you know, that was in 99, almost 2000. That's when things were getting oh, yeah. really serious. There's a big business. A lot of people mm-hmm. starting to get into it. And I, I was starting to getting knee deep into it. So I'm going to get to what happened to Sony, right? So I was partying. And then I started meeting up with these people at Insomnia. Everything happened in Insomnia. I started meeting all these crazy people. <laughs> this one guy, and then he gave me the flyer his name is jeremy he's half thai half dutch his mom is dutch uh dutch american whatever i learned later that his dad was one of the major opium smugglers from the golden triangle a thai chinese guy so he was arrested by fbi in the in the, in the late uh in the early 90s so he he basically was raised by his mom so so he he became a bad boy basically and uh so so he started to doing his own clubs and he was he was throwing a um a rave on Vine, Vine and uh, I don't know if it's Vine and Santa Monica. I forgot. But this one of the warehouses, and I was like, I went in. He invited me there, and I was like, this place is happening. You know, there were like three hundred people jumping up and down. Mm-hmm. But the, the thing was, it was illegal, so so it got shut down. And when he got shut up, we became friends. So I, I helped him clean up, pack. He's like, oh, no, you don't have anywhere to go, huh? I said, yeah, dude, we can do it, man. We got some money. We can we should, we should go rent another spot. I'm like, dude, you just got shut down by the cost. You want to do another one? <laughs> so, but obviously, um, I didn't know much about him at the time. And that's when I thought, fuck anime. I'm going to. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna run the club. <laughs> <laughs> so, so <clears throat> I was still at Sony. I was starting to do more and more lines. I started to smoke. I, because of Jeremy, this guy, he started introducing me to the Thai stuff, and that's when I saw the, the first time I saw a crypto night. <laughs> it's like What's this that? big. It, it just it's just pure ice. It's this beautiful. You know, crystals. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a perfect crystal. It was a sample. He uh-huh. said, "Don't don't chop it up. It's a, it's a sample kit. So <laughs> <laughs> that thing would probably make like hundred lines. You know, uh-huh. but, but I was like, I just admiring that stuff. You know, wow. <laughs> so that was the Thai stuff. So his cousin was cooking. I didn't know that. It led to another story, which got me in more and more trouble with this guy. So, so so we. But through him, 
I started meeting other guys. I never hang out with like Asian people. I, I have like mixed friends all the time. You know? But this time it was like, here's this half Asian guy. He got a, he brought in another rich kid who's half Thai. Mom is Thai, dad is white, who owns a warehouse in Chatsworth. He's like one of the major importer of the Pier One import stuff. You know, those are mm-hmm. they get those uh, cool wooden you know sculptures and stuff like that, potteries from from Thailand, Southern Asia. So so he, he was a rich kid. And then another one, another rich kid from Singapore, whose mom owns this giant um, hair salon chain, uh, uh, academy, you know, beauty salon academy. So two rich kids and two, <laughs> one working stiff and one, one, one gangster. So the four of us, you know, we're just like, okay, let's chip in the money together. So we, we were, at first we were just jumping around looking for bars to look for, you know, like a nightly gig and just see if it happens that we can maybe get us some kind of a deal like a contract or not. But at the very end, we're just like, this is not working. Everybody wants too much money. So eventually we said, okay, let's go rent a spot. The guy who has the perfect business credential is the, the, the half Thai guy, Ned. And he used his, he signed all the papers. Basically we, we were scouting and we finally found a spot on Fairfax, you know, Fairfax where the, the, the Jewish neighborhood and the black neighborhood yeah. uh-huh. clash. It's right around there. I forgot the exact cross street. <laughs> I was like, because he, he found the spot. So I was like, what, what, what did we get? So we, we drove there and then we realized it's on the second floor. It's a Jewish learning center. <laughs> it, it's where they learn, you know, to, to read their, their Torah, whatever the heck they're doing there. Mm-hmm. So there are all these like student chairs laying around. It's like all windows, super bright. You know, it's like, it looks like a classroom, a big classroom. <laughs> Yeah. Actually, I need drinks. So, um, <laughs> you had a lot of different drinks there, Eddie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I swear, yeah. this is just water. This is just water. It's water, not juice, urine, <laughs> beach Super soaker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Super yeah. Cup. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was a uh, ninety-nine, ninety-eight. So we we got the we got the spot. He signed the paper. So. He said, let's do it. I'm like, do what? Let's clean this place out. So <laughs> Jeremy ordered a truck, a loading truck. I don't know where he got it. He had you all, wherever. We started throwing the chairs out of the window. All these student chairs, probably like 50 of them, just throw them out. Blah, blah, blah. So we're just throwing everything out. We went to Home Depot. We got fiberglass. We got soundproof foaming. We got black paint. We got black lights. We got Every single thing, and basically, I'm, I, I was footing the bill a lot of times. <laughs> I was the guy who had the money at the time. So, so okay, what are we doing? And then this guy's, let's start do it. Let's 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 start hammering the windows shut. And we're in the middle of a quiet Jewish neighborhood, mm-hmm. and we want to throw a rave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so we we start to. You know, to fiberglass. That's when I realized fiberglass was dangerous. I got fiberglass all over my fingers. I couldn't even close my fist for like two, three days. So, so we were sh- basically sealing all the windows shut, airtight. You know, we, we nailed everything with, with plywood. We, uh, we painted my room. I was a trans guy. I was a transit. So I, I'm in charge of the transit. <laughs> so I brought my turntables, I got my, my best tax mixer and my, my uh, techniques. And then 
Ned is a house guy, which I, I don't even bother. I hated house at the time. <laughs> you, you have your colorful rainbow looking, you know, what a fruity tooty. <laughs> so this is like, there's like three rooms. So, so and it, okay, it, it took about a month or so. I mean, less than that, and with just construction, the guy didn't even ask what we were going to do with this place, this old guy, old Jewish guy. Um, I, I'm trying to fast forward that the story gets a little long. So, so we started our business. We, we started, I was going on Sunset Strip. I was giving out the, the flyers. That's when I saw Van Damme got kicked out of bar fly. <laughs> you know, the actor Van Damme. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Van Damme. I know. Um, yeah, I know. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> so that, that's when his career was going in the, uh, downhill. So he got thrown out of bar fly. <laughs> I was giving out flyers. I saw, bar, I saw Van Damme got kicked out. He's like, don't you know who I am? So so that was when I was like promoting really heavily. And so we have we have the opening day. So the opening day, we we, we were not expecting much. Oh he he'll be back, yeah. He'll so, be back. Okay. And um so so what happened was yeah, we so we set a date. So we had an opening day, it's on the flyer. Something like five hundred people showed up. 10 o'clock, people were parking, beep, beep, boop, boop, beep, beep, boop, 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 everywhere. Imagine the neighbor just starts sticking yeah, their head out. Wow. It's going on. And, and we just like, we had a lot, we, we're, you know, the trick is to, to let the line build up. So we just like, wait till the line got huge and then started letting people in. The capacity is no more than 100 people. And there were five, 600 people waiting outside. We were charging like $10 each. The first night, we easily made like three thousand dollars in cash, and that was like, wow! No, we did not. We did not think that we'd become entrepreneurs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I was still working at Sony at the time, mind you. The, this club runs from ten o'clock to eight in the morning, and this is we're talking about. Nobody wants to go on Monday. So it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. No Sundays. We go to church on Sunday. <laughs> so we were doing, it just started expanding. We were just starting out with one or two days. So I was already a tweaker at the time. And because of the schedule, I was like, I cannot handle this. I got to crawl back to Sony and, and do some crazy storyboards. And actually, Men in Black was over at the time. It was uh, uh, Max Steel. If any of my colleagues listening, this is like a tell-all, basically a confession, because I don't give a shit about my history anymore. <laughs> <laughs> People always ask me what the heck happened to me in those missing months. I was I I, I came back to the studio with 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 blonde hair with with animal prints. Some some little girl dyed my hair. <laughs> I, I I was forty pounds lighter. Or maybe eighty pounds lighter than I am now. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fat bloke right now. I was skin and bone. I, I was I was trying to look for that picture for you guys, but I couldn't find my license. That was my license. I kept it for the longest time. I was like completely soaked in. I was a zombie. My eyes were like twice as big. You know the story. So this is what happened at Sony. Okay, so I was doing the club. I had to. I'm the one who closed the shop. Everybody ran away before I do. I'm like, what the fuck? There's a whole bunch of mess. You know, you imagine the mess left behind every night. Tons of baggies, tons of crap. So, and I ran. I was like, okay, I got to go back to Sony. So I worked 
had to get a deadline on this show. I didn't do any drawings. Three weeks. This is a storyboard. Uh, I had a director. Uh, he's if he sees me, he's gonna kill me. <laughs> I, I basically trashed him. He. Okay, well, before I get there, there's another story with this guy. Okay, the director, he got nominated for Emmys, daytime Emmys for, uh, he made a Martin, Martin Luther King kind of trivia animation. He, he, he won the award. He invited me to go to the Emmys. I was partying hard. I was, I was dating a, a Swedish girl. I, insomnia, I, I met up with a Swedish girl. <laughs> and she had a it's it's like basically these Swedish nannies they come here for fun. You know, they, they came it's like Tiger Woods' wife. They came to America to become nannies, right? Take care of people's kids. So I, I was day one. So what happens that I was in, I would broke up with this one girl and her friend is very pretty. So I thought I invite her. She wants to be an actress. So I said, Hey, I got invited to the Emmys. You wanna go? So I was a, <laughs> my director invited me, so I thought, oh, let's go. I was doing lines, I was smoking my pipes. I got my tuxedo. I was supposed to go and sit next to him. Red carpet, you know, the whole night yard, you know Emmys, if you've been to Emmys. Yeah. It's a big deal, it's a big fucking deal. I crashed. It was a Korean girl in my, in my place, smoking out with me. She didn't bother to wake me up. I blacked out on my carpet. There were 20 messages. On my phone. Oh yeah. This girl was screaming, Where the fuck are you? I'm all dressed up. I spent like three hundred dollars on my hair, blah 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 blah. Okay, <laughs> so that happened. <laughs> then okay, so he got mad at me. The director's like, Why did you not show up? I gave you a, a free ticket. Why didn't you just go? Oh yeah, I got drama. So then it comes to that time that I was supposed to beat the deadline. I I, I shut down the club. I crawled to Sony. We are in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. I got a deadline that morning. And I thought, you know, I brought my bag. I was doing some lines. I got to keep up. I was up for like three, four days already at the time. I didn't know what to do. I thought, like, oh, I, 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 can, I can finish it in two hours. We're talking about like 100 drawings. <laughs> How many drawings? The whole, uh, whole act. Can can be up from four hundred to five hundred points in two hours. Two hours. Did you do I it? Thought I could. Yeah. I went to the basement of the of the studio. Nobody could. I I went into the darkest corner in the supply room where all the chairs are stacked up. You know, the dirty little room. I hid in there, set up my alarm clock. When I wake up. The sun was out, and I thought, "Oh, that's weird." I, you know, I, I thought the sun should be. It, it's still like it's like the break of dawn. So I got out. I said, "Oh, the sun still hasn't come out. It's it's about to come out." Then I realized, "Wait a second, something's wrong here. There's nobody here." At this time, it was eight o'clock, seven o'clock. Supposed to have people in there. Now look at the clock again. Seven p.m. I crashed in the basement for 12 hours. No way. There was, there was a note on my desk from a director. It says, Eddie, where the fuck are you? Oh, man. And guess what? You, you, can you imagine what happened the next day? I, I, was, I lost a, 
ton of weight. Right? I told you I have blonde hair. I got, I was scaring the heck out of everybody. The manager who trusted me for a couple of years, and she just like, this is this is it. This guy's done. So I got called into the uh, the PR, the you know, the HR office, <laughs> the tribunal. <laughs> Basically, the three people sitting there by the desk. So they like say, "Hey, Eddie, you know what this is about, right?" I said, "Am I fired?" <laughs> I just like. <laughs> On the table, there's a tribunal, one woman and two men. They, they talk to me, and they look at me, and they're like, Eddie, you need help. And I'm like, just fire me. I don't need any help. And they send me a little <laughs> pamphlet. The pamphlet just says, Sony Family Crisis Center, Emergency Hotline, this and that. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? I'm like, I was just like, I was just like, I got a club to run, man. <laughs> so I asked I, I, I got out of there. I, I literally thought, fuck animation for good. That, that was my say. I hate everybody. I hate the mm-hmm. deadlines. You guys are a bunch of slave drivers. So that was the end of that chapter in my career. I crawled to the club. And then this is when things started getting funny. We were making money, right? And one day, same thing. I crashed on the couch. I have nowhere else to go. I don't have a job anymore. So I, I just in the, the only the only room that had a window, everything's shut, shut. You know, the front window is open. There's some fresh air. I can breathe. The AC is broken, so I was just like passed out. And all of a sudden, I hear this crazy yelling, "Hey, open the gate!" In this crazy Yiddish accent, "Open the fucking gate!" No, no, he didn't use the F word. But, but I I looked out the window and I saw this old man. He looks familiar. And I thought. The landlord's here. He had a young son, probably like just about 20 years old. His son was following him downstairs. And I was by myself. And the place, like somebody just dropped a nuclear bomb in there. There's trash <laughs> everywhere. There's baggies everywhere. I tried to throw everything out. All the lights were taken out, mind you. There's no lights. The only way we can have lights is the, the black light, which you know, during daytime, it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> that was my room. My room is way in the back. So there you go. This guy's screaming, opening the gate. He, I don't have the key. You guys got my only copy, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, where? Hello, Ned? I was looking around. My buddy's all gone. Like, oh, I'm going to deal with this shit. So I went down, opened the gate. You know, this guy is like in his sixties or he's he's old. You know, he's just kind of like, <laughs> kind of woody, out looking guy. So he kind of got up there, and he's like, "Why didn't you open?" And, uh, and I was just like, "Oh no, this, we're about to, you know, <laughs> he's about to bust us." He went upstairs. He tried to turn on the switch. All the lights were dead. <laughs> his eyes were bad. So he's just like, "Where's the light? Where's the light?" I was like, "Oh, well, we gotta we gotta fix the light." And the, the son saw all the painting on the wall. The son's like, you guys throwing a rave in here, man? And I'm like... <laughs> so, so I was like, don't tell your dad, okay? And then, Can I come in like Wednesday? Like, no way. <laughs> he came in. We're giving the red carpet treatment, dude. We're giving... We, we actually even got a NAS tank for him. <laughs> No way. <laughs> he brought in some girls and we're in our little room and just like it was that that, that room was in danger of you know, blowing up because it's just no there's no air vent. So everybody's like, 
nausing out. So so that was funny, didn't it? He just partying with us. I like, don't tell me that. They keep him at bay, you know, basically. And the next uh, another few days later, this guy came again. And and the son this time couldn't do anything about it. I was like, dude, did you tell that? And this the dad's like, dude, the toilet exploded, the pipes ruptured. Downstairs, we didn't we never knew what was downstairs. We were upstairs. Downstairs is a kosher meat storage. The sewage pipe ruptured, spilled all the feces and baggies all over. No, dude. Yeah, and of course, you know the guy who signed the lease is the one who is really in trouble. That wasn't even the end of the story. We were still running, and we were just like a bunch of crazy. You know, (laughs) it it was just me and Jeremy. Jeremy is the guy who introduced me to the Thai stuff. So I was really staying up late. I was up for seven days straight. Which I tell you another story. I, I got a whole bunch of stories. I, I didn't even make a list anymore. But what happens is that oh well be, before the ending the end of the all <laughs> before I tell the ending of that story. One night we were still doing it was a good night. All of a sudden a bouncer, we have a huge bouncer, he's a Samoan guy, huge, like a wall. He carried his own magnum to do the doors. <laughs> He had hollow points and everything. I'm like, this guy's serious, right? Huge guy. One day we're in our office. We have a little office, and we smoke on and stuff like that. Then two lines, and then suddenly this guy, boom, 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 came up. Yo, yo, we got a celebrity here. And I, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? They said Keith Sutherland is here. You know Keith Sutherland of 24. You know Donald yeah. Sutherland. Oh yeah, of course. 24. Yeah. This was what well, I, I don't know when he div- he got divorced from uh, Julia Roberts, right? But that was a time when he was like Robert Downey Jr. in the, the, the lowest period of his life, you know, doing drugs and everything. He, he got upstairs with a beautiful woman. I don't know who she was, his date of night. He, he got up, of course, we rolled out the carpet. We got a movie star in a little stinky little joint. We, we, we got him into the office. We're offering everything from a joint, from from box champagne. <laughs> That's all we got is the box champagne. The good stuff. Yeah, the good yeah. stuff. Yeah, just the good stuff. Yeah, nothing else. <laughs> and 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 Jeremy was smoking PCs. So so I, I said, you're not gonna offer that to him. <laughs> so we just like we just like scrambling, looking for things to to, to offer. So he's completely inebriated. He, he was just like wasted, right? So we sat him down. And he was like, he started to like realize what's going on. You know, he, he was very unconscious. He was very just wasted. And then suddenly we were trying to talk him, trying to get him to talk. And I was like, he looked around. He's like, is this mousetrap? And we're like, mousetrap? What the heck is mousetrap? <laughs> and he just, he stood up. This is not mousetrap. He started screaming. And his girl just like, hey, that those what the fuck? And he's just like he got enraged. It's it like we were wasting his time. Oh wow! And with a mousetrap, and then that's when we remember there's this black guy next to us every night. He wanted to kill us because we're bringing so many little ravers, so much noise. We didn't even know what he was doing. 
We said, why are you angry? Now, not even the residents were protesting against us. I said, why are you angry? <laughs> we see him with a black bouncer outside and you're watching the streets. And that's when we realized, that's, oh, yes, yeah, next door. Mousetrap is next door. He oh, ran no out. <laughs> ran straight in, into the gated garden that that guy had. What, what is that guy that, that, what does he have that we don't own? <laughs> because we were at war with this guy, this old yeah. guy. He, he wanted to get rid of us. He, he had cocaine. That's what he had. Yeah, that was mousetrap. That was a coke. That was like a coke after hours. Yeah, you know the place. Yeah, well, yeah. It used to be on Pico. Yeah, it used to that's be on Pico, and then I guess it probably moved over to you know. No, no, no. It was on Pico. Oh. Thank you, because I forgot the name of our street. <laughs> it was on Pico. <laughs> we were on Pico and Fairfax. Uh huh. But that's yeah, right there. So, so we were right next door to mousetrap. Wow. That's crazy. So you know the you, you know the owner, you know the black guy, right? Yeah. He, oh yeah. He, he looks like a scholar, you know. He looks like, you know, like Bill Cosby. <laughs> you never <laughs> think that he has the business going, mm-hmm. you know. And that's when we realized, holy shit, it's a cocaine bar. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. <laughs> and 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 this guy, I don't even know his name. He he wanted to kill Jeremy because Jeremy's very high strung, he's very hostile towards him. But he saw that I was cool. So Hey, Eddie, you come on in. Let me show you my business. So he opened the gate. I walked in. I didn't say a word about it. <laughs> I said, I think it's a nice little garden, like a little humble tables in there. You, you've probably been inside. You, yeah. you, you know how it's like. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. It's like a cheap little one a bar. You know? Yeah. So I, I walked in. I said, oh. You know, and, and people are just quiet. There were people in there. And I'm like, why are you showing me around? I, said, I got a decent business going on here. I said, I got the cops. This was Rampart. This is the this is before Rampart blew blew up. Yeah, right. The whole training day shit. Yeah, this was training day. <laughs> this is where they unload the stuff. <laughs> so I thought, oh shit. I said, yeah. He said, you you guys better best get your act together and get the fuck out of here because I'm about to get you guys seriously in trouble. Oh yeah, and would have. Yeah. And I was like, let me talk. And I was just like. We were doing good. We were making money. We were like, come on, man. We can make. We can work things out. He said, "No, you're bringing in the heat. You better get the fuck out of here, or else, because it's getting more and more dangerous for him because there's so much noise." Mm-hmm. So we kind of ignored him. He gave me the tour. He was being. That was like the the last offer. Say, hey, look, I got a serious business here. Don't ruin it for me. So I was just like. Uh, okay, let me talk to Jeremy. <laughs> I just talked to him. And he's like, fuck that old dude. Fuck him. Fuck, go and run him. He didn't even know what he was doing. He owned the cops. The cops. Oh, okay, before. I, I, there's so many chapters. I, I get to the, the final <laughs> the downfall. Okay. Uh-huh. LAPD came. They came in. They were at the door. This young, you know, young cops. You know, clean cut Latino guys. They were at the door. The bouncer's like, dude, the cops are here. So they had all these little tweakers. Everybody's rolling. So we just shut down music right away. Everybody sit on the floor. Everybody's like, like a little classroom, just waiting in the corner. Everybody's like, rolling their ass off. So the cops came up. They said, well, I need to take a look. So we, we felt like, okay, we're going to be in trouble. Two cops came upstairs. They looked around. They're like, there's no beer here, right? You guys got your liquor license in order? We have, 
we were trying to do legitimate business. We got all the licenses. The only one we did cannot get from the city was the dance hall. The 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 uh, I think it's called the dance hall uh, license. Basically, allowing live DJ act with a live dancing crowd. You cannot dance without that license. So we we're missing that one. <laughs> so we we pay for the fire. We pay for everything but that. They would not give it to us. But we ran the business anyway. So. The cops came upstairs. They saw all these kids just like on the floor. <laughs> and uh, we just, oh, yeah, it's, it's a party. You know, all the friends, we're all friends here. You know, And it's a. The cops look at each other. Dude, you guys throwing parties here? And like, and it's like, what do you think? <laughs> and then, the same thing with the, the, the son of the landlord. He's like, dude, when can we come in? We're coming in with plain clothes. We're, 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 we're going to wear our uniform. Can we come in? Because they saw the girls. There are a lot of cute girls in there. <laughs> hey, can you get us in? So, so we had another buddies. <laughs> These guys, yeah. came in, they came in like two days later wearing the Guido shirts and all that. They're dancing with our girls. PDs. This is LAPD. I don't know if they ran part or not. But, but that was hilarious. That's like, oh my God. And we got cop dancing with us. Then, this is what happened. Of course, the guy who ran... I'm, I'm pretty sure he did it. He called the SWAT. The SWAT basically didn't even wait at the gate. You know, those guys, they don't, they don't wait for the mouth bouncer to, to go up and deliver the message. They just kicked the door in, raided the whole place with everything drawn, machine guns, shotgun, everything pointing out all the kids. People were screaming. And I was like, what? You know, it was a raid, and they're, they're screaming, "Get down the floor!" Blah, 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 blah. And that night was when uh, the guy who signed the lease, Ned, he was arrested, he was taken away. Oh wow! So that was the beginning of the end, and we bailed him out and all these things, the whole nine yards. But that's when I knew my life was about to fall apart. I was living in Marina del Rey. I had a beautiful apartment at the time. You know, if you know Kingswood Village, you know Kingswood Village. Yeah, it's it's a yeah. They changed the name. Yeah. Something weird happened there too. Some guy fell off the building when I was living there. Um, <laughs> it, 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 if you if you're gonna ask me about ghost story, I tell you that story. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so I I was really in trouble. I don't have a job. I was doing tons of stuff, and then. Uh, I and before the, the way my, my, my family came in and dragged me out of the mess, I was still dealing. I was starting to deal, and you know, not not much, but 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 this is this is step by step. I start getting into a lot of crazy situations. No more clubs. No more partying. Just just party. Just smoking. Putting up. I was up for seven days. The longest I was seven days wow. up for seven days. Just smoking. I blacked out on 405. I was driving, just cruising. You know, it was probably like 80 miles an hour or something like that. <laughs> just cruising, yeah. <laughs> You're just cruising. My vision just went like, I haven't had any sleep. It, it has to be seven days. I remember it was seven days. My vision just went like, like a TV set, you know, the old fashioned TV set. You turn it off, <laughs> everything went black. I ran into the, 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 the railing. Basically, I thought I died that day. I seriously thought I died. 
I was driving a, a, my little Nissan Fusion ZX, my beautiful little sports car. Completely rammed the right side. I checked myself. There's no blood. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, am I in heaven? <laughs> <laughs> this is the middle of the night. All of a sudden, I hear this cop car. I was like, oh, shit. So I looked back, and the cop car was chasing another speeding vehicle. Wow. <laughs> and my car was up in smoke. Nobody saw me. And I just, like, checked the engine. It still runs. <laughs> Drove out of there. I found out, like, some shitty little mechanic, just a, a body shop. Just said, please, just fix it. I pay you whatever. <laughs> Don't, no questions asked. <laughs> so I could have died that day, but it didn't end there. Next thing you know, I started to meet more people. The guy, Jeremy, right? I told you about, instead of like doing club, we cannot do clubs anymore. We're basically dead in. So he started to hook me up with his cousin. He started to what? Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to whisper. Um, his cousin, a Thai guy from Thailand, he was, he was the cook. Oh. He, was, he was the one who cooked the kryptonite that I, showed, I told you about. So it's like primo stuff, right? So he was starting to inviting me to his house and then Jeremy's like, dude, this is survival time. We got a deal. I'm like, really? I can't get my animation job back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right, let's deal. So next thing you know, within a month of knowing that guy, he got he got arrested. <laughs> he got busted. I don't know how. Jeremy was like, hey dude, you're the only one who's got a good credit. Bail him out. Bail him out. I'm like all of a sudden, you know, my, my decision-making skills completely destroyed. I have no idea what I'm doing with myself at that point. I completely lost my mind. So I said, okay, yeah, let's go bail him out. I got some $3,000 or whatever that's needed. I think it was a 20000 Actually, it was 2000 I paid. Got the guy out in, in, in Germany. Said, Watch my cousin. Watch him. I got to go. I, like, I bailed him out. You want me to babysit this, this, this guy? He's got a court hearing. Oh, guess what happens next? That guy ran. Of he was course. a flight risk. He took the plane to Thailand, left me for dead. The bill, the bill offers to start knocking at my door. Ah, so this guy, you know him? I, I not, I don't really know him. He just ran. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I'd never been so scared in my life. That was when, like, this is what bail bond is. I, I didn't know anything about bail bond. That's why I'm like. This is weird. So somehow there's somebody watching over me. This guy decided to come back after seeing his wife and children in Thailand. He decided to come back here to pick up his shit. Like the idiot that he was. He got arrested at the airport at LAX. Oh, really? I was like, there's the God. The, uh, the, the officers caught him at the airport. There was a God. Imagine I have to deal with that mess. It was crazy. I was crying literally. I was just like, I cannot believe. One thing after another just gets worse and worse. Then it comes to a point where Jeremy, he started introducing me to his neighborhood, Montebello. And that's when I started to meet these cholos. And they have their business running. And they were scary. I thought watchings were scary. <laughs> these guys were like, <laughs> they're running from the kitchen, you know? So one time, this is another story. One of these guys that Meant through this whole Montebello. I, I would, they kind of took me in. They're like, oh, here's a Chino. Hey. <laughs> 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 but, 
Everybody's got their guns and stuff. Like, okay, I hang out. Yeah. This one guy, he asked me to give him a ride to um, Santa Ana. I got to pick up some shit. I was like, this little Mexican guy. And he's like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, I'll give you a ride. Drove all the way to Santa Ana to a Motel 8. Motel 6? Motel 6. And then uh, I said, like, oh, that's kind of weird. So he knocked on the door, went into the store. Of course, this crazy cholo with tattoos, you know, shaved head with tattoo all over his head. I didn't know about MS-13 MS at the time. You know, I don't think if it existed back then. <laughs> no, oh, it existed. Oh, they existed, yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Santa Maraducha, you know. <laughs> so this guy barely spoke a word of English. He was cracking jokes in Spanish with this guy. They're laughing. They, lo- they saw me laughing. I laughed with them. Like, oh, 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 Chino knows what we're talking about. <laughs> so he, he started bust out these Mexican beers, and we start passing around the, the pipe. And we're smoking ice. And we're just laughing, and I was like, what? what are we doing here? Let's get out. The bedroom door opened. And I saw this naked guy. He was surprised. He saw me with a mustache. And in the bed is a naked woman. And she's like, cover herself. <laughs> she saw me. Inside the bedroom, of course, everything you can imagine, all the pipes and all the, the, the Petri dishes and everything. <laughs> she's just, everything's just bubbling in there. <laughs> and I, I was so drunk at that point. I was like, oh, oh this is where you guys cook this stuff, huh? <laughs> the minute I said that, that guy, out of his back, wherever, Two Berettas took out one point on my head, one put on my balls. He said, hey, hey, I said, you want to keep your head or you want to keep your balls? <laughs> Are you a cop or not? You're, you're, you're a fucking cop. This woman, she was so shocked by what was going on. She's like, kill him. He's a knock. Kill him. She was telling that guy to pull the trigger on me. Wow. Screaming. My little buddy, the only voice of concern <laughs> to the guy, screaming in Spanish, no, no, no way, no, no, it's me, amigo, blah, blah, blah. They're starting to yelling back and forth. This guy's still holding it. Come on, you want your balls or you want your fucking head? Like, tell me. I was crying like a baby. It was I like that for like a good five minutes that felt like eternity. Mm-hmm. I thought, just, just shoot my head. I don't want to live without my balls. Just shoot my head. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason to live if I lose my head. My <laughs> but I was just crying like a baby. It was embarrassing as heck. And then, of course, they told me to take off my shirt and your chicken and everything. Told me to run around with all my pants. You know, there's no devices on me. Yeah. And he's like, get the fuck out. Go, go wait. In. And my, my friend's like, just wait by your car. Sit there where they can see you. They left the door open so they can see me sitting there crying like a baby. So... That guy was arguing with him. They, hey, dude, what are you doing? I said, you know, I already said, I'm, I was there to give a ride. He asked me for a ride. What the fuck I got myself into? That didn't end it. <laughs> <laughs> when I drove him home, I'm like, did you get this shit? Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, it's a good hookup, huh? And, and guess what? When I, when I saw him again, this guy who pulled a gun on me. Where? You know, on Sunset Boulevard, there's a shoe store. It's a, this big giant shoe store. I think it's probably gone now, but like 10 years ago, there's a huge, like, a, like a, just, just off of Sunset Highland. 
It's like this is huge, gigantic the shoe warehouse. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You know the one I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Did you know the history of that that place? No. no. Before they opened the shoe shop, it was up for lease for the longest time. Nobody was leasing it. People were throwing parties in there. There's a basement. They were selling speed down there. There's meth. Wow. It's, it's a crack house. The basement really? is littered with crackheads. All these I think I think I've gotten high in their bathroom before. You know, I used to go in there with dirty shoes. I you know you'd bring in some beaters and then yeah, you yeah. see some crispy ones and you're like, oh hell yeah, yeah. Walk them on out. So you've you been know? there. You've been you've been to the party where you were there to 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 do some stuff. Oh, I was there to steal shoes. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. This, is when, this is when it became a shoe store. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to party at a. There was a internet cafe right around the corner. Mm-hmm. There was a, a at a right on Sunset and La Brea. There was right on the corner. There was like an internet cafe, and that was like an infamous fucking tweaker spot. You know, like it really off in there. Yeah, it was like remember. you know it was open twenty four hours, and yeah, right on right on the fucking corner where that Ross is now. I guess I don't even know. If, I think Ross people, is probably there. People were people were playing Counter Strike and shit like that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Counter Strike, whatever. You know, like fucking. And then downstairs there was like two bathrooms you know there's like a men's and a women you know this is back in back in the day when they used to separate the you know pre-gender neutral bathrooms and, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. and you would just go down there and it would be like i mean you would like the shit i saw in there it was insane you know and you would just go down there you would get the shit there would be fools just hanging out down there just slinging and then you would go up and i saw a dude straight sitting at a computer there fucking whacking it you know like in the internet cafe like and he, they didn't kick him out, you know. That it was crazy. <laughs> no way. Yeah, they didn't. They're like, well, whatever, you know. <laughs> but 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 you're saying is that cafe inside that 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 whole complex? It was is, a block that, that, over. The shoe store is no, huge. No, it was a block over. Yeah, a block over. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's probably like the, the shopping center across yeah. the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever smoked PCP, Eddie? I only watched my friend Jeremy smoke. Oh, okay. uh, he, he 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 rolled it up with his. Uh, with his whatever cheap weed. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's how he never even offered me. He didn't <laughs> offer me, but I, I kind of figured that's when he got a little violent. He was, he was, a, uh, I never had a good impression about PCP because I, so many news about some black dude tearing yeah. up his girlfriend. Yeah, in the uh-huh, yeah. like, all kinds of crazy stories like that. I'm like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> do you want to, do you want to tell another speed story or the ayahuasca story? Uh okay well okay so so basically speed story kind of ended where my oh I tell you I'll probably tell you about this is that my very final call was I knew I was hanging on by a thread I knew I was gonna do something about my life where I'm gonna die that was when I had a nightmare I wouldn't consider this a ghost story but basically a very very lucid dream. You know, you, you guys have lucid dreams, right? Oh, yeah. You, you could have yeah. been sure that it was real, that you walked there. I knew I was there because I walked in, basically, you know, that movie, uh, What They May Come? Uh, what, 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 um, you know, the Robin Williams film, was it called? What Days May Come? You know, the oh. one where, where he walked into the Dante Inferno Robin Williams. He was trying to look for his dead ex, uh, dead, dead wife. He was trying to find his wife. But no. they okay. Anyways, just our house film. There's a scene in Purgatory where they walk into the area where these people are stagnant. The, the the dead souls are piled up. 
they don't know what how to how to <laughs> where to process these dead souls. I walked into it. I walked into it. I could smell it. It's rotten. I can smell the sulfur. It was sticky. I can feel the texture. My feet sticky. There's like rotten bodies everywhere. There's like Whoa. squirming arms and legs. Some are trying to grab my legs. I couldn't even stand still. It was dark. The only light is from the roof. It's like you're in the middle of a very tall alleyway. There's a little streak of light going this way. I did not know where to go. The eyes, dead body, as far as the eyes can see. And it smelled. And it was hot. I was sweating. I never had a dream like that where I can have all the five senses. Um, you know, I, I could smell it. I could, like, And then just in the middle of it, a hand came out. I was screaming for help. Like, I got to get out of this tree. In comes a hand, dragged me out. It was my mom. My mom no came way. in and dragged me out. The minute she dragged me out, I came out. Of, I, I, I woke up in bed. Phone rang. It was my mom. Wow. My brother wow. told her about what happened to me. It flew, my mom flew in, dragged my ass to Long Beach for rehabilitation. Oh, shit. So I went to rehab for two months. And I don't, I don't want to tell the name of the place, but I'll tell you this funny story is that I was there, you know, the mentorship and all that stuff, right? Uh-huh. You got to teach the newcomer how to make bed and yeah, the basic stuff. Now we go to the 12 step meetings, we go to the A meetings. And every, I went to, I even went to the, the CA meetings near Cohage and I'm just meeting at the beach. <laughs> 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 it's right at the beach. It's hilarious. And one day I was there long enough to help somebody who just came in. Eddie, the owner, he was a NFL exec. He fucked his life up on heroin. It's another story I probably told, but I, I shouldn't talk about it I, because he's still running the business. He's a good guy. Yeah, he saved my life. But he was an ex-NFL, and he saw some crazy debaucheries with the uh, NFL. There's some corruption going on there. That's why I don't watch sports anymore. Something's going on with sports. <laughs> I swear to God, he told me everything. And then I'm not going to say it, but you guys can figure out why everybody's kneeling and all that crap. <laughs> but the new guy came in. So I thought, who's this new guy? basically like give me a royal treatment like, yeah, yeah take a suitcase i dragged his suitcase I was like, this guy bought a lot of shit i said check his suitcase make sure there's no pills in there <laughs> i opened up i was i was going through his underwear and all that stuff what the fuck am i doing i was look basically you know we got to screen these guys make sure they didn't bring the shit into the house and came in it was it was eric douglas you know who's that i don't know <laughs> Oh. Um, okay, I'm, my names are blanking out. Uh, the Douglas family. Uh, Who's Spartacan? Oh, I forgot his name. Kirk Douglas's kid. Her, Kirk Douglas's kid. Michael Douglas's kid, yeah. Michael Douglas' hack brother. He was in Delta 3, one of those shitty movies in the 80s. He was a pill bottle. He was on everything. He was, I think, especially on Xanax and um back it in or not so he came in a uh, tom arnold was there too it's not a big place they didn't yeah. go to betty ford they come here they came here <laughs> but it's, it's a nice little place you can go as you wish nobody's locking you down you know? 
Yeah, you, you, the only policy is that if you walk out without permission, you cannot come back ever again. Mm-hmm. It's, it's your own choice. So, so Eric Douglas came in, and like this guy looks just like a, you know, it's like a squash little Michael Douglas, you know, with a spike here, and he talks with like this. I don't know if he's gay or not, but he talks with a very high pitched voice. Eh, he's like a crybaby. Eh. He just came in. I'm like, I'm gonna mentor this guy. So I was teaching him how to make bed and this and that. And then the second day, he basically he took some pills. So he was puking and pooping all over our shower area. No he way. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he cropped the entire area. I had to clean the fucking thing up. And of course, he's kicked out, but he died. You know he died. No, really? He died like yeah, he died two years later. He kind of sobered up. I don't know where else he went because he there's no way he was going back to that place after what happened. Wow. <laughs> so so that's a little story right there. So so okay, but anyway, it's getting late. So I I'm I'm just gonna talk about the last one, I guess. Uh you guys are gonna wrap up. Right? Yeah, um, so, angry. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry. Okay. okay, I'm just gonna, I'm I'm just gonna jump to ayahuasca then. Cool. So you know, after I became sober, I was good for a long time. I uh, just smoking a lot of a <laughs> chain smoker. What else did I do? Yeah. And um, I've, you saw how many I've smoked like fucking a half a pack just while we recorded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Time go. Time flies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait till you finish the pack. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, so this is what happened with ayahuasca. Was one day I just uh, uh, do you know do you know this author um, Graham Hancock? He wrote this book called uh, "Fingerprints of the Gods." He, he's like an alternative historian. He, he's pretty famous. If you watch the like, Channel Four or BBC, he, he wrote several books about alternative history. He's like the Indiana Jones, and uh, um, so he wrote a, a lot of books about like discovering the the true history of mankind you know, because he thinks that everything else is falsified history, institutional oh. history. So he, he, he that's his mission is to find the true history of mankind, to find the origin of mankind. He wrote all these books, and the last book he wrote about that subject was called Underworld, which is about sunken cities. Mm-hmm. Search for Atlantis, search for Yonaguni off the coast of Japan. All these like structures that like hundreds of feet under the water. Uh, even uh, the, the land bridge between Sri Lanka and India. You know, there's also a huge bridge between. Uh, yeah, so so that's what that book is about. That was his last history. The next book he wrote was called Supernatural. So I've been, I collect all his books, you know, and then suddenly on his website, hey, I'm going to be in Brazil. I'm going to be uh, doing a lecture about my new book, Supernatural. I'm Supernatural. That doesn't sound like alternative history. What is this? I didn't even have a copy yet. So but I really want to see him. At the time, I want to get out of LA so bad. I said, I had enough. There's so much drama in LA. I was living with my brother at the time. Imagine, I, I, my, my credit was completely destroyed. I could not get my own place. After rehab, you know, I stayed with him for three years. We just, <laughs> I don't talk to him anymore. It got so bad. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this family drama. Um, but, so, I saw the website saying, go to Brazil. I'm going to be hosting. Uh, my, my book release is coming out. Please come in. I, I, and he said, I got a special package to stay at this place for two weeks in Florianapolis, Brazil, in the Santa, Clara, Santa Clarita, no, not Santa Clarita, Santa Clara, 
I forget mm-hmm. the state. It's one of the states. So the, there's an island called Florianopolis. So we're going to meet there. So I bought the ticket. I booked everything. I called the shaman. I didn't know it was a shaman. I just called. I said, this is the hotel. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? I just want to see Graham Hancock. Then I, the more I read, like, dude, what is this? this guy's a shaman. He's, he's a Colombian who lives in Brazil. And so I'm like, I have no idea what I was getting myself into. I was like, I just want to get out of town. I can't think about any kind of vacation idea. I just want to like a spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. I just want to get up. Like, I was like, because if you read his book, you know, Graham Hancock, a very smart man. He's, he's from England. So I thought, like, oh, that's it. I'm going to do it. I, I, I talked to him and he said, well, first of all, you got to cleanse your body. You cannot eat pork for two weeks. Only fish, or best yet, no meat. Cleanse your body. Don't take any salt. Do not use pork, especially pork. He said pork would take you to somewhere else you don't want in an undesirable place. So I'm like, there's a whole bunch of instruction basically before I arrive in Florianopolis. So I did my body cleansing and all these things. And okay, it's time to go down there. Then that's when I realized I was in the ayahuasca um, you know, retreat. Beautiful house built by these Finnish uh, architects. You know, the whole thing looks like a tree, basically. It's everything very organic, beautiful. You know, it's, it's, it's like you're, you're inside an elf's house, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and, um, and that's when I realized, oh, okay, I'm here. Well, I'm going to do some ayahuasca. I heard some crazy shit and scary stuff, but uh, I guess there's no, no returning. <laughs> Another point of return. <laughs> I, I flew all the way down there. Then I realized, oh, I'm going to drink this shit. I mean, what is <laughs> Okay, I, I'll just make it quick. So we, we were there for two weeks and do it five times. Oh. You know, two-day interval. You don't do it every day because it's going to drain the heck out of you. I've never done DMT crystal. As you know, DMT is the key ingredient. Mm-hmm. Actually, we all have in our bodies. Yeah. Oh, one book, he, it was mandatory. We have to read the book by Rick Strassman. He's the only, have you heard that book, The DMT Spirit Molecule? Yeah, the Spirit mm-hmm. Molecule, uh-huh. Do you yeah. have a copy of the book? It's a must read. It's, it's, oh, yeah. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. And Dr. Rick Strassman is the only doctor who got approved by FDA and DEA to conduct intravenous uh, DMT injection on 60 subjects. In New Mexico, he he was oh. teaching at the uh, University of New Mexico, I think. Of course, after that, <laughs> it's like the fire started the movie. Now. <laughs> so he's injecting everybody. Everybody starts seeing crazy stuff. But um, there's a documentary based on the book too. So so we have to read that book to understand what tryptamines are about. You know, even like psilocybin is a tryptamine. Yeah, serotonin is tryptamine. DMT is dimethyltryptamine. And it, that's, that's why I realized it came from our body. You know, I read the books. Oh, shoot. It's in our body. But it's locked up in the pineal gland and, you know, the third eye and all this. So, but it's still theoretical. There's no hard science to prove that just yet. But, but that's, that's what his book suggested. So we had to do it five times every other day. So the first time I did it, I would have so much baggage. You know, I just finished Dealing with my family, dealing with the rehab situation, my job as a shambles, you know, my career, my, my relationship situation. So I have a lot of toxic, you know, let's just talk about health, body, but my emotional health was, was a disaster. So I took it in. There's 14 of us, including Graham Hancock and his wife, who's a photographer, an uh, Indian woman. She's, she's Tamil from India. Uh, and uh, his, his half-daughter and his son, Luke, 
they're, they're grown adults. You know, these are young adults. So the 15 people, we all sat down. We have our own little mattress. And then the shaman, well, we don't do it like in the jungle. This is not a jungle. This is an urban setting you know, in a beautiful house. I, I wasn't in the middle of the Amazon cooking it for nine hours. Okay, <laughs> That's how it's supposed to be made. You're supposed to cook it for nine hours. But he bottled it. He had a shaman friend he, he studied with for 20 years in Ecuador and Peru. So he has stock coming in, shipped over it. You know? um, it's, it's like bottled fresh, basically. So we were drinking off the bottle. And everybody have a little, little shot, shot, uh, yeah, it's, it's like a shot glass. Not a lot, but it's, it's enough to deal with. So my first night I took it and, you know, you have to make your intent. You have to spell out your intent. What do you want to talk to the spirits about? What is it that you want? What answer you want? What mm -hmm. is it that you want to resolve? You got you to gotta state these things. It's not like a prayer, but you got to keep it in your head. Just say, when I go under, I want to know these and that's this and that you got to make a list but he said don't be greedy just at least get to the music stuff what's the most important thing that you want to understand in life right now this is the this is your time to, to ask them so i i ask about whatever how to get out of this mess <laughs> so and uh, when i took it he started doing the ikaro you know the indian chant yeah. cha -cha -cha. you guys none of you done it have you done it no, no. i never did no Ayahuasca? Then, okay, yeah. So, well, you gotta find somewhere legal to do it here. So, <laughs> he does that, the, the rain chant, the Icaro. Like, he plays it, he doesn't have the music, but he plays the music. And then he started doing the Indian, ah, hey, ah, hey, you know, the, <laughs> the rain dance stuff. And then suddenly, I was just like, I feel that, because when you drink it, you gotta lie down and wait, you gotta hold it in at least half an hour, otherwise it's wasted. Everybody has a little puke bucket. Yeah, it's mandatory. You gotta have a little bucket to puke into. I, I didn't know what to expect. I just holding on to it with my dear life. Like, okay, here goes the roller coaster. <laughs> so I, I held it in as long as I could, and then suddenly I just started to have all these negative, traumatic kind of feeling coming up. Basically, it just shot up like a geyser, just like, and and I was so loud, and everybody started to puke. You know, everybody has their timing. <laughs> I, I, I waited for half an hour, but I started to break out and cry like a baby. This, that wasn't the first time I cried like a baby. You know, I told you the other story where I cried like a baby. <laughs> 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 this, this time was like the moment of truth. You know, this time it's like you bury your soul to the, to the underworld. And I was like, I cried like crazy. I ran to the kitchen. I curled up like in the fetus position under the sink. I didn't even know. I, I, I uncontrollable. I was uncontrollable. I just curl up like a shrimp. The wife of the shaman came down, gave me a hot soup, and so that was embarrassing. That's the first night, and like, is this is why I flew four thousand miles for. <laughs> <laughs> so, so nothing. I got nothing out of it besides just feeling. The next day was bright. It's like you know, after a mushroom trip, you know, the next day is like super beautiful and bright, right? You know? mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> the, the sunset, the sunrise is never seen before. So, so but we have this little ritual where we go around a circle. Everybody would tie a little knot on a rope and pass along. Everybody tell their story of what they saw. Tie a knot, pass with the next person. Everybody saw the Kundalini snake. 
I call it Kundalini because that's why I understood what it's called. Now. It comes from the belly. It goes up the spinal cord and travel up to the head and goes back down. It, it, it basically dwells in your stomach, the, the navel. You know, the, the, I, I'm pretty sure it has a lot to do with the umbilical cord, you know, where you connect uh-huh. with your mother. You know. But, but that, that's where the, where the snake resides. It curls up. And so that's what everybody saw. I was like, I just saw Jack. <laughs> everybody had like a beautiful trip you know so and nobody cried like me so i i i just told everybody i'm sorry i i couldn't control myself i had so much toxic energy and uh, but i feel very good today yeah so just 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 kind of like a little briefing like that and then we have like tour around brazil we, we we drove out of island to, to do some shopping and then the second night okay the third night is when we do the second round and this is when it got crazy I took it, I held it, you know, I just <laughs> just tried to brave it out. You know, I just held it as long as I could, maybe almost an hour. I, I'm like, I'm going to make this thing work. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if it's like a puke out of my nose. You know, it's going to jam on my nose with the black. The thing that comes out is so disgusting. It's black. Basically, your gal bladder, basically. Yeah. Everything you can think. Yeah. It's up, it's, it goes in, it tastes like, it tastes foul. It tastes like a sewage water, you know, like rusty. It's a very rusty taste. I can't describe it. Just very woody, very earthy kind of taste. And then, um, then when I puke, you know, it just turned into black. It's complete black. That's when the shaman later explained. That's when your toxins, you're basically you're purging. You're, you're purging all the un- unwanted elements out of your body at that point. So when I, after I did that, and I'm like, oh god, please make this go away. You know, and suddenly. I wasn't expecting it. My, my expectation was so low at that point, but I thought, oh, whatever, I puked in. I, when I got up, suddenly my vision, my vision just opened up. <laughs> you know that scene with the Matrix, right? When you saw the three agents? Mm-hmm. Where Neo started to see everything in circuitry? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. That's exactly what I saw. I saw everything sparkling. But the things that it's like wearing a virtual VR goggle. I, 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 my vision is fixed. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like everywhere I look, it's the same angle. I cannot, manu- I cannot maneuver. I just saw this. It looks like a spaceship. Yeah. It's like, it's like a curve, like a, like a deck, you know, like a some kind of Star <laughs> Trek deck. And there are these, I, I wasn't big on Mayan back then. You know, this was 2000, 2006 in August. That's when I went. I didn't know too much about Mayan, but later I realized these are Mayan, you know, you, you see Mayan uh, hieroglyphs, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Blocks. But this is like 3D. It goes like shuffling, shuffling. It's like like computer chips, just programming itself. The whole wall was alive. But everything was sparkling green. It was like, but just imagine you're watching HDTV, right? Uh-huh. And suddenly... You go to Costco and you saw like a 4K TV, right? An ultra 4K, right? <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? You know, like, when am I going to get my goggles? You know? yeah. But that's the thing. The definition was so high that I really knew that this is not my eyes vision. This is my mind's vision. Mm. Definition was so high. I could see the tiniest. You know, I, I was very observant. I was just watching it. And just like, dude, this is like infinite. You know, it's like it's like you're watching a pixelated screen, and then there you got you know the HDTV. Like, <laughs> but but it just hanging in front of me. I, I that's a frustrating thing. I couldn't move around. 
So I thought, there's got to be something I can do. I was still in my bed. The room was all dark. Everybody's lying down. I, I, I kind of got up because I wanted to explore it. Then I started, look, everything's green. And suddenly in the center, I started to see a little circle, very small. It was spinning, spinning. I'm like, what the hell? So I, I realized I can zoom in. I couldn't go left, couldn't go right, couldn't go up, down, but I could zoom in. So I zoom in. All of a sudden, you know the Korean flag, the yin yang yeah, uh-huh. in the middle? Yeah. But it's not black and white, but it's the, the blue and red. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's a spinning blue and red yin yang. Spinning, spinning, spinning. And I'm like, oh, this is very Chinese, man. What's up? This <laughs> so like, Mayan, all of a sudden, this Chinese. So it's just spinning. I'm like, so, so I just like, okay, zoom in, zoom in. And then when it got really close, suddenly my vision opened up. Another layer opened up. Suddenly, three beings popped out from the ground. Really long bodies. You know, remember how I told you my, my, my shroom trip with my friend? Yeah, uh-huh. That I saw those three guys trying to grab my book yeah. in the toilet. Yeah. Immediately, I recognized them. I was like, oh, it's you guys. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, not, not no. I, I was astonished. But, yeah. but but it was that immediate second I realized that's them because I can realize one is female, even though they look all alike, they're the same height. But I can tell one is a female energy and two males. And one of the males I feel like is one of my dead uncles for some reason. When I was in my apartment that time, I identified this as somebody dead in my family. I feel like he's a guardian angel because my mom had a dead brother who died at age 10 years old. The fortune teller told my, my mom's family when they were in Vietnam, you know, they're Chinese immigrants in Vietnam, told him that he's going to die because he's a big fish in a small pond. He cannot survive in the small pond. He has to pass. So he died. But I, all these years, I feel like he's my guardian angel. A fortune teller told your family he was going to die and he did die. I told my mom. Fuck. Before. Yeah. Yeah. My mom is a psychic. I mean, her whole family is very psychic. Uh, it's a it's mother ghost story, which I probably tell you before we close. But um, so I felt that. So I saw this vision, but it was so glorious. And all of a sudden, three entities popped out. This time, not like in the shrooms, where I only saw the sparkling outline. I saw them in full glory. Give you another vision. You, you, you saw the AI, right? Um, Spielberg's film, AI. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. you know, with the robot boy, you know that, you know that the ending when the city, every, the whole world sank into the ocean, right? Yeah, and remember he was rescued by these aliens, these long, dark, slim creatures with mm-hmm. none of the script face, but face looks like circuit boards. That's exactly how they look like. Oh wow! But, we're, but with very long, tubey arms, they're like this. They're trying to figure me out, and everything's telepathic. They're trying to send me, ask me questions, but I couldn't catch it. I feel like they're overloading me with information because I feel like I'm in a lower density. You know, this is why I figured out about people say flat earth and this and that. <laughs> you know, the, I, I, my theory is we are on a two-dimensional plane, like the ants on the ground. We, people want to say flat earth because they never can get to the next dimension to see from a higher perspective. That's why things are flat. So what meeting these people taught me was that you got to get to a higher level in order to like, like kind of like in that movie contact, right? The, the aliens sent the, the, mm-hmm. uh, 
the the blueprint, how to make the machine, you know, how to the contact machine, right? So it's the same thing. How do you put this? How do you put this the schematic together? You got to think like a Vulcan. You got to put it in a three dimensional map, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I kind of learned from there. So so they they were. I was just like that for a good 10 minutes. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And they really wanted, they were surprised. I can tell they were surprised that I could see them. They were surprised. So they, they gave me a tour. I was just sitting there. You know, they just gave me a tour. <laughs> so my vision swiped again, and I was inside a huge garden. And I saw something like a space needle, you know, like the space needle tower. Yeah. Very tall tower, but everything's green. It's like I was inside a greenhouse. Uh, and I asked him, is this where you guys grow your food? <laughs> or is this where you grow your pot? <laughs> it's all green. <laughs> it's like field of green all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then that was it. And then suddenly my vision left as quickly as it started. And then I just, but, but even afterwards, this eight hours, it lingered around like, like you know, after you drop Texas, you know, you started to have that serotonin you know the serotonin <laughs> feel you know, you're feeling tingly right that yeah. like that for the next eight hours <laughs> so it was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> i was in the garden i was talking to the plants you know it's hilarious <laughs> yeah I, I saw this this beautiful flower I actually ended up buying it wherever i go i saw it in mexico i bought it i saw it here i bought it yeah it's like a little alien plant i forgot the name of it but it's it's, it's got a little blue it looks like a crab it's got like little blue flowers it's like a desert plant but I realized there's an alien living in there. It's like an alien plant. So, so I always buy it for good luck. But so, so that was that. That was I. That was the only time I ever done ayahuasca. I later, you know. Oh, this is the, the funny thing. My connection. I try to connect everything together. I didn't realize. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm I'm almost wrapping up. So, so. After I went back to Los Angeles, of course, after ayahuasca, you come to a dirty city like Los Angeles, you just feel like scummy, the scum is off the earth, you know, like, this place is fucking scumbags out here, man. Like, I just feel dirty, you know, I feel the, the, the energy so dark when I came back. I, I, I became very open, you know what I'm saying? It's like that, that I, I did a total detox, and I came back to this town, and I'm like, really? I'm back? Oh, my God. No, I just fight. <laughs> I, I, can I go back? <laughs> I just stay on a plane. But, but then things weird things started to happen. That's when I started to meet some people. I realized entities are trying to connect with me. I went to a, you know, I wasn't done with partying. I went to a day club. <laughs> I, I wasn't doing that anymore at the time, but I was just like drinking and so some little bar, a little day club, I forgot what it was called. It was pretty cool. It's like house music all the way till eight in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then and then this little Vietnamese girl just popped up in front of me. Like, you know, usually I'm the one who's doing the chasing, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm the one who, I'm the dog. <laughs> Let me do the job. <laughs> but this girl, just weird. She just, like, I didn't even see where she came from. She just popped up, like, right in front of me. Look, look, cute Vietnamese girl. And, like, she started dancing. She wanted me to dance with her. I'm like, okay, she's rolling her ass off. <laughs> so I started hitting up with her, and then I realized she's a chemist. And then she started asking me all these questions about my, my Brazil trip. And started asking about, because she wants to replicate DMT. She read the, 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 the Rick Strassman book. And I'm like, she's just very inquisitive. I'm like, 
you know, something doesn't add up, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this girl kind of just fell on my lap. Then something wrong about her. She's a super smart. She's a chemist. She can make anything that we name it. She'll make it from her. She, she was working for a cosmetic company. That's when she's a chemist. Actually, I know another chemist who's also working for a cosmetic company that makes some gay guy. He makes speed. <laughs> yeah. so he's he's funny guy. But, but this girl just popped out nowhere. And then suddenly, uh, one day, I went to have dinner with her. We were supposed to go see it. It's a movie day. We're supposed to go see a movie. We, we watched our time. We were eating somewhere on La Brea. And we said, okay, we got plenty of time. We finished our meal. We still got an hour. Yeah, we still got an hour. We went to use our bathroom before the valet to pick up my car. When, I, when we both got out of the bathroom, go get my car. That's when we check our time. We missed the movie. We missed our showtime by two hours. No way. What? Both her... It's not just my watch. Her watch, too. We both missed two, two hours. The, the, basically, the movie was, was, was finishing already. I thought, how is that possible? We, just, we were watching our time. We still have an hour left. Suddenly, we got out of the bathroom. The movie's over. I wasn't sitting there for an hour. <laughs> I just took a pee. So she looked at me. She's like, did you put something in my drink, basically? <laughs> she was accusing me of drugging her. And like, I don't know what the hell we missed on that. So that was weird, right? So she she lived in Long Beach. So okay, let's let's just let's bar hop a little bit. It didn't go too well. So okay, let's just drop you home. I took her to Long Beach, a little alleyway. I was driving in a one way street, almost at her house. Suddenly, you know, there are, there are cars, rows of cars parked on both sides. It's a one way street, very narrow, right? Just one way. So I was about to drive through it. Suddenly, a car, a big Oldsmobile fat car just screech in front of the, the, the end of that alleyway. I'm like, whoa. And he's like, back up, back up, back up. And it sort of drove into the alleyway on the wrong direction. I'm, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? I flashed him. Like, hey, wrong way. And this guy's starting to charge towards my car. Wow. The, the girl was screaming, right? This guy <laughs> was driving and scraping all the cars on both sides. <laughs> I'm like, dude, if you if you have too much to drink, this is too much to drink, man. <laughs> Whatever the fuck he was doing. He's scraping a poor car. There's probably 20 cars he scraped. <laughs> so I started emergency back up. I was back up, just made enough room so he didn't crash into me. <laughs> Drove right by me. There were two guys in fedora hats with sunglasses. He stared at me through the window with a tinted window. I'm like, who the hell wears fedora hat with sunglasses <laughs> in the middle of the night? Just did this crazy. Sh- I mean, is it, I, I look at her. It's like, this is like crazy ex that's trying to kill me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I have no idea, but it was really weird because there was enough strange thing telling me, do not hang with this girl anymore. Mm. I went to her birthday party. It just happened to be her birthday around the corner. I went to her birthday party. It's all guys. He didn't invite one single girl. It's all guys. And I asked the, the, all these guys, like, did you date her? I realized, oh, f- he's a fucking black widow, dude. <laughs> 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 it's like collecting all these dead souls. Like, what the fuck? So, 
it creeped me the fuck out, man. So, so, and, and okay, so that's just one of the things that happened right mm-hmm. after I came back from ayahuasca. Then I got a phone call within a month. I got a phone call from my friend who's a Colombian. Her, her dad is a Jewish Canadian. I was, you know, we, 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 we have mutual friends. She called me out of the blue, told me that she was in Cancun. And she said, oh, no, she, I can play out Carmen. She was just an hour south of Mexico. She was telling me, hey, come on down. Um, you know, come visit me. It was Christmas time already. So come on down and visit me for Christmas. So I went down there. And then that's when I realized everything got weird. She has my dad's birthday. Her, birth, her best friend had my mom's birthday. And, and, and it, there's, a whole, there's a whole list of coincidences that I can't even remember anymore. But when I got to Mexico, that's when I was like, oh, shit, I'm in the Latin and Maya. And I'm looking at all these blocks. You know, I went to Chichen Itza. I went to all the Tulum ruins. And they're like, dude, it's all, all of a sudden in my memory of my, my watch that came back. Like, did somebody guide me here? She hooked me up with a job there. I was, I was just on vacation. She's like, hey, the, 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 the owner of Senor Frogs wants to talk to you. He, they need the orders. I'm like, I don't want to fucking work here. I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did hear the honor because the manager was hitting on my friend. She's a beautiful girl. So she's like, hey, come on. I hope my boss wants to see you. So, so I went there and all of a sudden I was hired on the spot. Uh, I I said, like, no, this is not what I wanted. I went back to LA and I sat on that. I was like, no, I'm not going to go. This the, the big honcho, he started calling me. He said, you coming to Mexico or not? We're going to give this job to somebody else. <laughs> It's crazy. It's this, big, this crazy, like Guido, the Jewish guy from Mexico City, you know, David um, Kruhem. But but he he became the the, the CEO of the Senior Frogs and uh, Cooper Andersons. That's the chain. So, but but just a lot of things started realize ayahuasca opened up this whole door of weird like can of worms. You know, for the for the better. Of, that's why I met my wife. And uh. And then there's a there's a lot of weird things with <laughs> I don't want to say weird things, but there's a lot of interesting things when my kid was born. A lot of dates, you know. I'm very superstitious when it comes to dates, and there's too many coincidences with dates. So so, anyways, so I'm just gonna wrap that up. So that that was basically is where I feel like there's somebody after the ayahuasca, but so it was a positive outlook where I even became friends with Graham Hancock. It's funny, you know, but but I was like, wow. Suddenly, I was in Mexico for five years. I looked, wow. You know, all those photos I sent you, I was there for five years. Those photos actually on vacation. I went back to L.A. and I sold everything. I said, fuck it. Let's go. Hey, that, 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 that's the end of my story. I'm sorry. All right. No. Thank no, you so no, much, Eddie. It was great, yeah, man. Yeah. Dude, it was great. I hope it's entertaining. No. <laughs> all right. So good. Uh, Thank you so we'll, much. We'll send it to you to edit before we post it. Yeah. Don't all right. Cool. Thanks, Eddie. Bye, guys. Have a good night. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to another episode of It's All Bad. Please like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow us on Instagram at ItIsAllBad. If you want to hear some bonus content, we have some great stories on our Patreon. Every guest that comes on, we have them stick around and tell a story that maybe they wouldn't feel so comfortable telling on on (laughs) iTunes or Spotify or whatever. Um, 
And we got some new merch coming for you guys. And thank you all so much for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace.